It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. And now, this is the Neighborhood Podcast with New Age Insider's Chief of Staff, D.C. Matthews. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Neighborhood Podcast. My name is DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. I am sitting here in a basement. There is a table now. I don't remember what we used last time. Was it the dog crate? It was. It was a. It was a, hashtag Oscar. Yes, dog crate. We have a table now. We are a professional podcast in many ways. Doc Manson at Doc Manson. How are you today? I am feeling wonderful this morning. You, you've had a... What big news will we get today? Last week you got a job while we were doing this. What's next? I'm not sure that there's anything bigger on the horizon, so uh, hopefully it'll be nice and quiet and we'll be able to focus on the wrestling. All right, we will focus on the wrestling. This is the Neighborhood Podcast, Doc Manson, DC Matthews. What, what's, a, what's the tagline? Melting faces and casting pods since That's 2015? Absolutely. All right, I'm okay with that. That works for me. All right, let's melt some faces. Um, you melted some faces a couple of days ago. I'm I'm in the north woods of Maine. I'm you know catching beaver with my bare hands. I'm going trout fishing or whatever kind of fish they have up there. Did you um, do any of those things? I went for a hike. Okay. And my shoe fell apart. <laughs> of course it did. And so I flapped my way down a small mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, but you caused a little bit of trouble a few days ago. With a tweet about one Roman Reigns, so I thought we would start there. Um, as many of you know, I even noticed there's a cardboard box over there that says Roman Inc., so we're, we're on our way. Um, a few days ago, over the weekend, at a live event in, I think it was in British Columbia, uh, Roman Reigns was struck by a replica Money in the Bank briefcase, and he... Seemed to be dazed for a bit, but went on to finish the match. And soon after that, you tweet. Would you like to read? Do you remember the tweet or the general? I believe I basically said something along the lines of Roman Reigns couldn't grab the Money in the Bank briefcase, even if it was thrown directly at his head. And you you didn't make any friends in the (laughs) pro Roman Reigns community. No, I did not. And and I'm not going to. I don't want to talk too much about those specific people. I want to talk about the nature of the comment itself. Um, well, the first thing I'd like to say sure, is I would like to make a heartfelt apology. Not for what I said, but to the NAI community and the overseers here. Because I just come in, I'm on a single podcast And, you know, as they mentioned on the NAI pod live last night, Doc Manson is not endorsed by the NAI. You're endorsed by some of them. Well, uh, yeah, at least one, I guess. But the point is, I come on the scene, I'm this unvetted guy, you're vouching for me, you're putting... DC Matthews is putting his reputation on the line for Doc Manson, and the first thing I do is step out of line. And I But see, did you did you really step out of line? Well, again, I'm not going to apologize for the comment because I don't think that was out of line. Neither do I. But I would apologize simply for 
um, you, you know, the storm of activity around it. And I don't think it was really that much activity, but I know that there were enough comments that at least some blocking had to happen. So, I mean, at the very least, I apologize for whatever hassle I might have caused there. And and see, I, I appreciate that. I know, yes, uh, Jason Maltoff at New Age Insiders has endorsed you. Uh, Liam Stryker, apparently. I, I, I honestly prefer if we could just go by the unendorsed Doc Manson on the Neighborhood Podcast. I think that has a much better better ring to I will, it. I will talk to Ace producer Bill Neville at <laughs> Bill Neville NAI and I will we will see if he because we're going to need a new intro because I hate to tell you this kids uh, wake the wake the kitties call the neighbors I don't think this is going away. A lot of people on Twitter, We I've gotten more positive feedback for this podcast than probably the previous 8 I did put together. In the I, last week I've gotten I think, you know, 11 new followers on Twitter bringing my grand total what was the number 34 let's check right here you are at 34 followers you were at 19 I think when this absolutely so So, I mean that's some great growth we've almost doubled your followers in a week so a lot of people doing the homework which was I don't even know how anybody saw my Roman Reigns tweet with you know that many followers well I think I retweeted it oh that'll do it so then my so it's your fault you should be the one apologizing I'm not going to apologize because I don't think the comment was in you know i think the there was obviously a humorous tone to it now i hadn't seen the pictures oh and I, yeah i will also say that about the comment i woke up first thing in the morning i was checking twitter and i saw some comments about it i it looked at that time as though he had just shrugged it off yes i didn't know that he was even dazed by it i didn't know any of that but i'll be honest with you even if i had known that he was dazed by it even if i probably still would have made that comment you know what i mean and you know so and I'm not going to sit here and armchair quarterback, you know, rear view vision, whatever. If he had the next day died in his sleep, like worst case scenario, I still don't think I would apologize for the comment because the comment wasn't based off of that knowledge. You know what I mean? Uh, you just kind of have to roll with the punches, I think. Some people are just offended too easily by certain things. There is a community of people, and I know there are those out there. Hope Crespin, if you're listening, you and I go way back. You were one of the first people to really start retweeting my stuff. So understand, all the respect in the world to you. But there are those people out there who cannot think objectively about Roman Reigns. I understand. You know, and I get it. It was, you know. But the thing that I get is I had somebody tweeting me. I'm not going to say any names. I had somebody tweeting me. I think the tweet was something along the lines of, Oh, I'm a paramedic. You'd be surprised how easy it is to be seriously injured. And this was after I was said a tweet, you know, saying, oh, I'm just glad nobody was seriously injured. And first of all, I don't care if you're a paramedic at all. Like, I think everybody in the world has a basic idea of how easy it is to seriously injure somebody. Paramedic or not, that doesn't enter into it. It takes 15 pounds of force to break the human neck. Like, that's a thing, maybe they don't know the exact number, but that's a thing that I think everybody has some sort of respect for, the fragility of human life. Okay, I get it. But you have to be able to put that aside and, you know, it was a humorous comment. It was meant to be humorous. And if you really have a deep-seated moral quandary with engaging in, you know, this is just a comment, never mind an activity that could potentially lead to serious injury. Well, I hate to tell you this, but you're a bit of a hypocrite if you're watching professional wrestling. I can't think of one other activity, with maybe the exception of American football, that is more likely for the participants at any given moment to potentially have a serious injury that could even result in death. Okay, that's just 
part of what this hobby is about. The people who are participating in the ring. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, yeah, fans should be jumping over the barriers or throwing briefcases. Obviously, that's a freak occurrence that should not happen. Any reasonable human being knows that should not be the case. However, taking a hurricanrana off the top rope, there is potential for serious injury. And given how easily serious injury can occur, if you are enjoying professional wrestling to some degree, you are signing off and saying, you are all right with that chance. You are endorsing to some extent the fact that these things could happen. Bottom line, lighten up. Well, you're listening to this on a Sunday morning, most of you. I hope you've enjoyed our talk about the fragility of life with one Doc Manson. <laughs> Was that a good enough rant for you? <laughs> life is fragile. We'll all be dead soon. Happy Sunday from the Neighborhood Podcast. I, I do understand what you're saying, though. We saw it with John Cena. That was a serious injury that right. transpired. You know, John Cena's nose moved to the other side of his face. It wasn't life-threatening necessarily. We saw it with Tyson Kidd. Tyson Kidd took a muscle buster that thousands of wrestlers have taken over the years that Samoa Joe's been doing it. Mm-hmm. And in that one freak accident, he injured himself and had to have a surgery where 5% of the people who have that surgery survive. Yeah. I or mean, whatever the statistic was. At the end of the day, this this risk comes with the territory. These guys know what they're signing up for. Admittedly, Roman Reigns did not know he was signing up for a briefcase to be thrown at his head by an audience member. That should not happen. I am not endorsing what that fan did. Any reasonable human being knows they should not place another human being's life at risk for any reason. Yes. But. And I didn't realize it was thrown. Oh, at first I don't think I did either. I thought somebody had the briefcase and just clocked him upside the head, which I would have thought is worse. You throw it in the ring, unless you are... Well, I mean, there's weight to that thing. Well, unless you're either the timekeeper who was throwing Steve Austin his beers all those years, (laughs) or your bullseye from the Marvel Universe. Like, there's a very small percentage of a chance that you're going to throw that object and actually hit him in the head. I know what you're saying, but even regardless of what the intention was, whether the fan even meant to hit him or not, and what you're saying, obviously he doesn't have the bullseye accuracy to hit him with the corner that might actually crack his skull. But the bottom line is, when that when that briefcase leaves that fan's hand, he has no idea what the eventual outcome is going to yes. be. He, you can't prepare for what the potential consequence might be, so you better just not do it. Yes. Oh, I'm, and I think there's an agreement there, but your comment was made humorously. And I tweeted that I thought that Roman Reigns, if he read it, would appreciate the joke. Maybe not in the moment. After but... Well, and then after that, our article came out yesterday or the day before talking about Roman Reigns, and talk, he was talking about his year because, you know, he had a rough 2015, the Royal Rumble happened, he won it, people went crazy. Rusev was almost the most popular guy in World Wrestling Federation, or World Wrestling Entertainment, excuse me, I've been watching too much WWE Network history because he would have been the one to throw out Roman Reigns. He beats Daniel Bryan at Fastlane. A number of people, present company included, canceled their WWE network based off of that. And so he went and talked about how difficult it was to overcome the fan anger in 2015. I can get that a little bit until he used the word bullying. Now, I'm a teacher of young children. We talk about the term bullying at least six or seven times every school year. We talk about the word bullying and what it means and its context and all sorts of that. I usually don't use that word 
mm-hmm. at all because there's a very specific thing that goes with it. And when you're a teacher, there's some legality issues that go with it. Sure. But Roman Reigns said that he was being bullied by the fans. Now, to me, if you're Roman Reigns, six five four, six five, however tall he is, you are working as a professional wrestler. You are an entertainer. And you have you are getting paid, I'm assuming, very well for that. Can you really feel bullied by a group of people who are essentially are they are they paying his salary? I don't know. But can you feel bullied by that? That to me his I mean, him using the bullying word bothered me. Yeah, and I understand that too. Um I mean obviously bullying can be a lot of different things. It takes a lot of different guises. And I hesitate to make any serious comment on that, given the resurgence of anti-bullying sort of sentiment that's going on in the world right now. Obviously, it's a very hot topic, hot-button issue, I guess. Um, So, is Roman Reigns being bullied in the sense that he is an entertainer, and really it's his character that is being derided against? Um, Probably not. Although, again, in wrestling, it's always very hard to separate the person from the character. Yes. So, I mean, and certainly if he feels as though he is being bullied, I don't want to say, you know, his feelings are invalid or anything, but, yeah, I mean, at some point, you are an entertainer. Fans are going to cheer you or boo you. John Cena gets a lot of boos that I don't think are necessarily, you know, purely generated from the storylines he's in. And I don't think what's going on with Roman Reigns is really any different. No. No, and and you know somebody. T- I was trying to find it on my Twitter feed, but I couldn't find it. Somebody tweeted that the boos were not generated; they were not directed at Roman Reigns. They were directed at creative Vince McMahon, Kevin Dunn, whomever was right. trying to force Roman Reigns down our. Throat. Roman Reigns was just the vessel that this was being delivered exactly. to us in. Nobody had a problem with Roman Reigns, the guy. We liked him in The Shield. We liked him enough when he was coming up, beating Randy Orton at SummerSlam. We just thought all of a sudden his push went from gradual to meteoric. And I don't think of, he was deserving. And of a it. lot of fans thought that. Yeah. And so that was where the anger came from. And again, I, I don't want to go into the, well, this is bullying, what's bullying, what's not bullying. All I'm saying is his choice of words could have used a little bit of work. I don't, you know, I don't think John Well, have Cena, you ever given him a uh, microphone and listened to one of his promos? I try not to. Well, I'm just saying they're his getting, choice of words maybe could use a little work. They're getting better. He, boom! And, you know, oh, yeah, I, that, I, I say, actually, I was watching that promo that he and uh, Dean Ambrose were tagging off and on, and I was actually rather offended by his use of the word brother. Why can't they just be siblings? I don't understand why you have to put the male bias in there. I mean, I, there's plenty of female fans out there, I think, probably, who feel very strongly that they should be able to identify with these characters in their relationship. I don't know why they have to use the word brother. Frankly, I find that offensive. I can't tell if you're serious or not. Let's just move on. All right. So, again, I don't think John Cena would consider himself being bullied by the fans, despite the fact that that's been going on for years. I thought it was a little odd, his choice of words. It wouldn't have been the one I picked. But, yes, we'll move on. The 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 drama is over. The, Absolutely. The dark clouds have moved away. Again, apologies to the NAI. Any headaches I might have caused on my I, first day as you know I'm part of this sure, community. I'm but. pretty sure you didn't cause any headaches. Most of the neighborhood that I spend my time communicating with kind of understood. It was meant as a humorous comment. It should have been taken that way. If you did take it the other way, that wasn't how it was intended. 
Perhaps. But I will say, oh, in God. the infamous words of Eric Bischoff, controversy creates cash. And I've never been one to shy away from controversy. So, sorry guys, if you think that a humorous joke maybe got your goat, you might want to not look at my Twitter too much. That's all I can say. Let's move on. All right, moving along. So, you've had a popular week. You've had a busy week. You have 15 more followers or so than you did before. And you've told me that some other things have changed. Um, What has happened in the Doc Manson wrestling world in the last seven days uh, that we should talk about? Well, basically... The big one probably is I have resubscribed to the WWE for just nine ninety nine a month. Do you notice that JBL still has the signs? Are, are people not understanding that it's nine ninety nine a month? Evidently not. Are, are there some people who are not under who don't get it? I guess so. I mean, I think that the wisest thing they ever did was once they finally started, you know, doing the commercials on Raw and just saying straight up, "Listen, if you're paying sixty dollars for this pay per view through your cable provider." You're getting ripped off. Yeah. Um, it's nine ninety nine. Yes. You get all of our backlog and you get our live events. I've I've said it before. Th- that was the say- smartest way to present that deal. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Were it not for the WWE Network, this podcast would not be happening. That's true. We wouldn't be watching all these events. I wouldn't be watching wrestling. Yeah, the only way enough. I got back into it was it was nine ninety nine a month, and I could tell that it was a good idea when Mrs. Matthews looked at me and said, "Why haven't you signed up yet?" That's a great deal. Yep. And that I was, was like, being ushered in. Oh, oh, well, okay then. What's the credit card number, honey? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So, you resubscribe. So, t- tell us, how many hours of the last week have you spent watching the WWE Network in all its glory? Uh, one. <laughs> so, you're getting your 999s worth. What did you watch uh, last, not even this week's NXT, you watched last week's NXT. Correct. I caught up on NXT... That was on Tuesday, and then I didn't watch on Wednesday, so I'm behind again. I, I have to tell you, I don't think you missed much. I, I'm i glad that Bailey is getting this push. She's obviously going to beat Sasha Banks next week. At obviously? Uh, yes. My obviously. Because Sasha Banks is now, what probably will be WWE Divas champion, Divas in air quotes, by the end of 2015, she's not going to be NXT Women's Champion. This is this is setting up for Bailey to finally overcome that obstacle yeah. and be the cornerstone well, of the NXT Women's Division. I think I sort of agree with you, but if they're in a weird situation in NXT where they're shedding some of their best talent to the main roster, and if you lose Charlotte and Sasha, and to a lesser extent, Becky Lynch, if you lose them all in one fell sort of swoop, I mean, Paige is already gone, who's left in the women's division in NXT? You've got Bailey and um, Dana Burke. Brooke. Brooke, sorry. <laughs> She's um, not very good. Uh, she, Impressive there, physical specimen. There, there are very few people, besides maybe Ryback, and even that we'll talk about when we get to talking about Raw. I, I, I warmed to Ryback very slightly. Uh, there's There are very few talents in the World Wrestling Entertainment umbrella, including NXT, that I like less than Dana Brooke. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, but really, who else is there? There's Alexa Bliss, but she hasn't really been wrestling. No. Um, there's Carmella, who yes. hasn't been doing too much wrestling. No. There's Eva Marie, who's been doing a lot of wrestling recently. Wow. Yeah. But my, my, my point is... You are you are taking away 
um, a lot of the people who have built up that division mm-hmm. and made it one of the best pieces of television in professional wrestling today. So here's my counter to that. Mm. Yes, Alexa Bliss has not been wrestling. Carmella has not been wrestling. But they Eve, could wrestle. Eve Marie, or Eva Marie, I don't even know what... Oh, it is Eva Marie. Hasn't really been wrestling. Is that because they're not ready? Or is that because Sasha Banks, Charlotte, Becky Lynch, they've been taking up the TV time? You've got 60 minutes I mean, I, thought, I think it's a mix, to be honest with you. And I said before, I think I singled out Becky Lynch, I said to a lesser extent. Because I honestly think, you know, Becky Lynch is talented and she's done mm-hmm. a lot of good things. She's had a good rub with this program with her coming up with Sasha Banks and all sure. that. But I do feel like she could use some more refinement. Um, Maybe. I, I, I honestly think that if she spent a little more time in NXT, that would be okay. And if she, even if she spent that time at the top of that division... That would be fine. Give her her moment in her sp- in the spotlight before I really. I mean, I know they've built a lot of programs with her involved, but mm-hmm. I don't necessarily feel like the spotlight was ever she, on her. She is the she is kind of the little sister, yeah, of the of the group. And the other with part the of it is Sasha Banks is fantastic. Hair. Sasha Banks is fantastic. Oh, she's great, and Charlotte but, is too. But at the same time, uh, looking at what they're doing on the main roster, uh, they have these now these three stables of women's wrestlers. Um, and I'm sorry, but Team Bad or whatever they're calling themselves, I don't think holds up uh, in comparison to the other teams. I mean, Sasha is fantastic, and I mean and Naomi's got some wrestling ability. I mean, sort of, and Tamina has some good power moves. But I mean, of those three groups, I mean, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I dread listening to them talk more than the Bella. Um, connection, whatever they're called, Team Bella. Team Bella, right? I, I, they, I, for some reason, Sasha Banks has taken a back seat in that stable, and Naomi does a lot of their talking. If you've mm-hmm. noticed, and I have no idea why that is. That to me screams very much like a, and I think I've seen this online, the Nation of Domination, which that was probably during the time you weren't watching. Yeah. That was, you know, I'm, I'm the, aware of them. The Nation of Domination, led by Farouk. Mm-hmm. A.K.A. Ron Simmons. And he's got, you know, Kama Mustafa, he's got D'Lo Brown, and he's got a young Rocky Maivia mm-hmm. who is turning heel. But you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that The Rock was the star. And what happened was, as time went on, he and Farouk began to vie for control. Right. I've seen that in the Monday Night Wars. They and I think about that's that. what we're going to see with Sasha Banks. I don't think it's an accident that probably there. I, I, I see what you're saying, and I like that idea. I do. But I look at the uh, submission sorority. I refuse to call them PCB or whatever they're going by. Uh, Isn't that some sort of virus there, Doctor? Yeah, maybe. PCB? Nah, that's. I think know, I got a shot. The for substrate that. that they build uh, electronics off of. Like, oh, okay. Uh, but, uh, or is that PBC? Well, I, I don't know. Whatever. Regardless, um, that feels like an NXT stable. Um, because even if you consider Paige now a main roster ta- representative, the other two, two-thirds of that stable are NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you look at, you know, the Bella Twins, the Bella... What is the group called again? Team oh, Bella. Team Bella. I was going to say, because Alicia Fox is not one of the twins. The Bella Not Brigade. a sister. Team Bella. Got it. They are the team, that the stable that clearly represents the WWE. And then you've got Bad... Team Bad or whatever, and Sasha Banks feels like an afterthought. That feels to me like a WWE team 
again because you've got Naomi and Tamina in there mm-hmm. and Sasha taking the back seat, not being the spokesperson of that group. I mean, like you said, she's taking a back seat. Maybe that leads to a storyline where she breaks out and she becomes the spot. Maybe, but the way that it's being presented right now, she feels lost, and I'd rather see her have the spotlight remain on her in NXT and then, mm-hmm. you know, pick that moment for the main roster debut when she can actually be a cornerstone. I think this was going to happen no matter what because the WWE Divas division as no matter what you think of it and a lot of us have negative thoughts about it but the WWE Divas division before these three came up was already well established you had the Bellas you had Paige maybe they weren't doing anything with them but they were there so this is a way to transition a group of them to kind of re-energize the division which is what's happening you know their three team elimination match is going to wind up getting 20 20 plus minutes perhaps sorry you saw my tweet i just tweeted that uh, i am not hating on becky lynch you, you kind of hated on becky again this was like last week with the finn balor thing there are good there are certain people in the twitterverse as you i got zero heat for finn last week as you zero be, as you, be, you actually got people who were saying finally somebody else yeah, see? is admitting they don't get finn balor but so who else out there doesn't get Becky Lynch. I'm kidding. I do get Becky Lynch. Yes. Like I said, I just feel like she needs that moment at the top. Well, and, of the I, and I agree with you. She and and Bailey could have had a yes, feud yes, perfect. That could have taken them into you know the winter, and then they both could have come up or something like that. Um, but I'm very happy for her to be on the main roster where she is now. I'm not second guessing that. I just feel like of the three they moved up, she probably could have spent a little more time at NXT. And gotten a little more of that, you know, uh, championship rub. Uh, did she ever hold the championship in NXT? No. I didn't, right. Exactly. And maybe Charlotte that's, did. Sasha did. And maybe Becky that's part did. of where my feelings that are coming from. I think. I think there's there's a point to be made there. I also think this goes back to the powers that be. You know, I've seen stuff online. Uh, at one point, Lana was going to be the female face of WWE. You she know, doesn't in, even wrestle. But I think in the same way that Sonny was in the oh, 90s, okay. Stacey Keebler, she was going to be the one that was on the posters. She was going to be mm-hmm. the one that, you know. When she was with Rusev, um, she was white hot. The crowd loved her. She's, I think she's lost a lot of that goodwill in the aftermath. She got put in a in the accolade by Summer Rae, who does that move better than Rusev does. That, Although was, I that think was probably the most painful camel clutch I've seen in a long I time. I agree with you, but I was actually concerned. Speaking of being concerned about serious injury, I was concerned for Lana's spine because I wasn't sure it that does. Summer Rae knew exactly how much torque she was putting on there, there, her back. Yeah. Well, you said whatever it is, 15 pounds can break a neck. There was probably something close to that. Yeah. But so the reports I've read, Lana was going to be now apparently, and this is rumor speculation, so take it with a shaker of salt, not just a grain. But the speculation is now that Eva Marie is going to be the face. I've heard that. And again, I didn't watch her first match. I'm sure she's working hard, and she's working hard. She is improving. She's got the bright red hair. God, I don't like her. She's got the bright red hair, which is going to catch people's eyes if she is winds up on the poster. Yeah. And so I don't know if this is obviously. And again, more reports say that Kevin Dunn, Vince McMahon, whomever. They don't think Sasha Banks has what it takes. None of them what? look like supermodels. That's what they're looking for. Yeah, I heard that uh, I went on the dirt sheets a while back that Charlotte wasn't at one time was being considered for a move to the main roster, but she wasn't pretty enough. Yes. Are you what? kidding me? And they say that about Sasha Banks as well. And like, don't get me wrong. If I see Charlotte standing directly next to her father, there are facial 
characteristics. There's a resemblance there. Yes. But when I see her on her own by herself, that is an attractive young lady. She is fit. She has extreme skill in the ring. Mm-hmm. Like, you would be crazy not to try to build an entire division around her. I've, I've said it since I started watching NXT. Charlotte is quite possibly the best pure women's wrestler I've ever seen. Don't give me Trish Stratus. I watched how much she stunk early on. Well, she improved, though. She did, and she was fine. But don't give me Trish Stratus. Don't give me Lita. Don't give me Alundra Blaze, although Alundra Blaze was good. Charlotte could be the best women's wrestler in the war- in history. So the Twitterverse out there, I just want to emphasize here that that was DC Matthews, not Doc Manson, who was hating on Trish Stratus and Lita. I just want to emphasize that again for clarity. They were both fine, but I think Charlotte, if she had the chance, could be the better wrestler than both of them. But again, she might not be pretty enough. Sasha Banks apparently isn't pretty enough. I think they're crazy. Well, and I think they are too. But I think it's not an accident that Sasha Banks is obviously the shining star of Team Bad. I think that's going to be... There's a shining star in the backseat of Team Bad, you mean? For now. Because she's... If we could fast forward three months, she and Naomi are fighting maybe over the Divas title, but Sasha Banks has taken that over. Is she going to be taking it over? Or as in 90% of wrestling storylines, are we just going to forget about this entire thing and she'll just come out by herself one week because it, it wasn't working out. Well, once this... And we'll get no payoff. Once uh, once this elimination match happens, somebody's going to have to challenge Nikki for the title. She, I think it's whatever it is, September 17th, she beats AJ's record. Night of Champions is September 20th. Not an accident that I think we're going to see. I'm imagining it'll be... <clears throat> Excuse me. It'll be Nikki Bella versus Sasha Banks, although maybe Naomi, versus somebody from PCB. You know, I wouldn't be PVC, surprised. Team PVC? Are they pipe, <laughs> they're pipers? Is that what it is? Paige, Charlotte, Becky. Oh, PCB. PCB. Okay. So, I think we'll see a triple threat for the title, but I do think that this stable idea will go away sooner rather than later. I think this SummerSlam is the kind of the culmination of it. And I think after that, we'll start to see people going off on their own. So, but Bailey, <clears throat> Bailey had a hell of a match with Charlotte on the episode of NXT I watched from last week. That was and a great performance for both competitors. <clears throat> from all reports, she had a similarly good match with Becky Lynch. She's poised to win the title. I think Bailey's the cornerstone. Dana Brooke. Did you notice that on Raw? Sorry to cut you off. That's on fine. Raw, Sasha Banks when she made her appearances this week, she did not have the NXT Championship with her. No. I don't. I don't know that she has since like the first one or two times. You like, know, what I don't is that? often watch those. Seg- I only Kevin watch- Owens came out every week with the NXT Championship. And what's weird is if you go onto the WWE website and look at the superstars, she's listed as the NXT Women's Champion. Finn Balor's not on there. Blake and Murphy aren't on there, but she's on the website as the NXT. Getting Women's Getting very Champion. mixed signals about this. I don't. Honestly, if I'm being 100 percent truthful, I don't think really they're putting that much thought or effort uh, fair enough. into this. You're saying that we spent more time talking about it than they do on a weekly basis? Considering we're almost at, we're past the half an hour mark and oh we've my God. just started talking about that. We haven't even gotten right. into everything else. NXT also, the episode I saw, uh, part due of Bullfit. Yes. Fabulous. I'm becoming a believer. When he came out there and a he was... A believer? I hate you. Hashtag. I also hate Bo Dallas for, you know, facilitating that joke. 
at any point in time. We will talk about Bo Dallas at some point. Don't, Not today. Don't, don't you hate <laughs> You'd have Bo to Dallas. show up on television don't for you... us to talk about him. Uh-huh. But yeah, no, seriously, when he came out there and he was looking at the posters of uh, Bruno Sammartino and uh, uh, Andre the Giant, and all, I, that was a good moment, and mm-hmm. I appreciated them revisiting their humor segment with a little more serious spin on it. I thought that's that good things for both. I enjoyed the humorous one more because that's yes, I re- too, wrestling but... silly. They talked about this on an AI pod last night. By the way, it's Thursday, folks. When we're did we start this. that trend of talking about silliness in our wrestling? Pro- I think we talked about it on the first episode. They must have heard it there and decided it was a hot topic for conversation, or not. But yeah, yeah, probably not. But but, <laughs> but I love the wrestling. Scene, but I did think. Considering at some point, ideally in a perfect world, you need to get that Bull Dempsey character at least somewhat ready for the main roster. Agreed. That was a nice way to do it, because if he comes back in somewhat better shape and can wrestle at... But is he really coming back in somewhat better shape? He hasn't been off television at all. Is he leaving? I don't think he is. Well, he's been in the back... He's been in the vignettes. We haven't seen him in full sail okay. in, the, in the ring. Correct. You know, for all we know, he's going to come back... You know, these all were taped... Three, four, five weeks ago. So he's going to come back. Having you think they don't 50. have the foresight to have fully talked about where their divas program is going? But they were recording bullfit segments three months ago, preparing for these... Bull Dempsey's epic return to NXT. They record these things weeks in advance. They rec- they do the tapings uh-huh. weeks in advance. They record four episodes at a time. Yes, I do think that they might have had the foresight. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm being naive here. I think that there are certain people, talents, characters, storylines that WWE cares about. And when you they care about you, they put all of their effort into that. When they don't, Wade Barrett, when they don't, at this point, Rusev, when they don't, name another person, anybody else, you just get kind of glossed over. It's what do we need to do to get you out there to tell some sort of story and we move on. All right, so while we're moving on. So you watched NXT. You haven't watched anything else on the network. Although we talked about potentially you might start with all this free time you're no longer going to have. <laughs> um, you might start catching up on the Attitude Era. Yeah, it seems like a good idea. Since you missed it. I I watched a lot of their uh, series of the Monday Night Wars, so I'm now aware of a lot yes. of what has transpired. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was tangentially aware of that before because they every opportunity they have to work it into a program, they do. They do. When The Rock came back these last couple of WrestleManias, uh, you know, even just when Stone Cold makes an appearance, they don't shy away from showing that stuff every chance they get. So I've been aware of a lot of that stuff for mm-hmm. a long time. But there is, I think, a value in seeing how it played out on a week-to-week basis. I'm all for it. I've got my WCW quest going on. I just this morning decided we're going to transition to Ring of Honor in just a minute. I decided to become a paid member of Ring of Honor. What does that get you? Access to all of their TV, access to all of their old pay-per-views. Okay. So, and what does that uh, go for? Is that subscription? I paid. Given that I'm going to have some more disposable income in my future. Uh, hold on a second, Mrs. Matthews. If you're listening, please block your ears right now, because when you find this out, you're going to hurt me later. I paid sixty dollars for the year. Oh, 
which is five dollars a month, which is reasonable. It was better than the eight dollars a month for the single month thing or the nineteen. Yeah. You know, oh, that's not bad. So no, it was reasonable. But now I can go back and watch. And now it. you're insured to have access for beyond a month or two. Yes, and you're, exactly, you've got the time to go and do your exactly. Yeah. And and I just I thought it was you know the Ring of Honor TV didn't come on when I was awake at six this morning it wasn't the new episode wasn't on so I wanted to watch something so I started watching the very first episode of Ring of Honor TV way back in two thousand and eleven the main event Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin the world's greatest tag was team. that the first episode after Sinclair picked them up yes. I, I believe I watched that. I believe those are the episodes I was talking about mm-hmm. last week. So it was Haas and Benjamin, who are in my probably top five tag teams of all time, against the Kings of Wrestling, which is Chris Hero and Claudio Castagnoli, who is now known as Cesaro. Mm. So yeah. it was it was I didn't get to finish it yet, but it was quite interesting. I might go back and watch the pay per views because then there's Daniel Bryan. So okay, if you watch some of that episode, you got to be with me, right? Production values of that early time were were terrible, Un- I, practically unwatchable. I tweeted about this just this morning. That first episode from 2011 could have very easily been done in my high school's yes. audiovisual department. Yes, and I took a class in audiovisual in high school. I could have produced that. I made a promo in the Attitude Era about Monday Night Raw featuring Mankind, and I would put that up there with the 2011 Ring of Honor programming as probably equal production value. Yeah. So they have improved. So let's talk about it. You started watching Ring yeah. of Honor. Well, I don't think we said that yet, but yeah. Well, I, let's trans- this we're last in the week, middle of it right now. Let's transition to it. Spurred on by uh, this podcast and uh, knowing that I would have to provide some sort of content, <laughs> I figured, okay, uh, let's watch Ring of Honor. Let's watch a different product. I've always been interested in it. I know there's a lot of good things happening there. And let's give it another shot. So I went to the website, and I did not pay the subscription fee. So I only had one episode available to me, the most recent one. Uh, I don't know when it originally aired, because I didn't surface that information. This was last Wednesday. Okay, so so last Wednesday. Whatever last Wednesday was. And I watched the whole show beginning to end. I even took some notes. Um, All right, well, let's chat about it. Okay, I mean, first thing I want to say is... The production values are high enough now that I don't feel as though the technical side of things are taking away from my enjoyment of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that is now good enough. I would maybe compare it to TNA in that Fox Sportsnet era. Um, so still sort of early on. Mm-hmm. There's you know room to grow, but good enough. Well, I'll even say that the stuff that I've been watching the last few weeks is better than what I saw the first week. The first week, again, and I and I keep harping on this, they did outside-the-ring moves, which you couldn't see because there wasn't a light out there. I mean, you have to imagine that going back to the beginning with Sinclair picking up, they must have improved quickly at that point, because that's a broadcasting company that picked them up. Mm-hmm. And so that company must have gone in and said, okay, guys, it's time to uh, get you up to a certain level. Mm-hmm. And so I have to imagine that probably happened relatively quickly. Uh, I didn't give them the time at the at, in 2011, but... No. Right. But, all right, so the production value is good. Again, I'll agree with that. I can watch it without losing my mind or, you know, I don't... Did, was this, did Jay Lethal do a promo for knee and back pain? At some point, yes. Yes, he okay. did. And he also did some sort of promo with this uh, Truth fellow. His manager, Truth Martini. Yeah, okay, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Hold <laughs> on. We'll get to uh, both of those guys. Um, but, yeah, so the one other thing that I, I think is going to have... It's going to provide some difficulty to me getting into Ring of Honor on an ongoing basis, though. Sure. 
is the size of the arena and the crowd. Mm. Um, I, I, I hate to say it. I don't think of me as a follower in many senses of the word, but when there's a big crowd who's lively and into things at a wrestling match, it, it, it adds so much to the show. And I'm not doubting the passion of the fans there. They were very noisy. They were chanting all night long. But it sounded like a half-empty high school gymnasium, even with all that passion. It's a small room. It's a relatively small crowd. Mm-hmm. It pales in comparison to the impact zone. It pales to Full Sail University. Um, yeah, it was It's a small than... crowd. Yes. Um, but, you know, again, it's going to maybe hurt my motivation being in the moment. But there is a lot of good stuff to watch, potentially, in that ring. Sure. So I don't know that's really a true barrier, but mm-hmm. it's something I wanted to mention. Well, so that first match, I think, was... Oh, before we get to the first match... Oh, oh yeah, excuse oh, me. I've you, got a whole list you take You take over. All right, I, so... And I'm one thing I just want to say, this didn't really go anywhere uh, in what I have... So I'm just going to say, before each match, they do a tale of the tape, yes. like a card there. Yep. They stack up the competitors. Like, like boxing or yeah, something like that. I like that. That was a nice touch. Um, you know, they have this honor thing they talk about. The code of honor. Yeah, absolutely. And it makes it feel a little bit more like a legitimate sporting event. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a good feel, a nice differentiator from the other products. And Sure. I like that. I thought that was good. And then before even the first matchup started, they opened the show with Roderick Strong cutting a promo. Yes. And they must have had a name bar on him for about three seconds, which I didn't read initially. And so I looked up and saw this man talking. And yes. he kept talking. And he kept talking about Sanjay Dutt. And I'll be honest with you, even though I was familiar with Roderick Strong from his time in TNA... He was talking about Sanjay Dutt? Uh... I thought so. No, he might have been. I, I just... I don't I could remember. be wrong, but that's I thought a, he was... That's a name I have not heard in a very long time. I missed Sanjay. the title card... I had no idea who this man was talking. I had no idea why. Did you think he was Sanjay Dutt? No, that I knew. Um, Did he do the sprinkler at any point? No, I did not see the sprinkler. Uh, But I also didn't see any killer backbreakers, so there was nothing to give away the fact that it was Roderick Strong either. Um, So... And even, like, there was parts of that promo where he was talking about, like, the matchup that was coming up. He never reiterated his name anywhere. Yes. And that's actually going to be a recurring theme throughout my notes on this show. As somebody coming in, who ostensibly, this is my first episode ever. Not quite, but, you know, certainly within the current era of Ring of Honor. Sure. For a lot of this, I had no idea who anybody was. I had that exact same problem ten weeks ago when I started watching. And maybe maybe this is just, uh, you know, cutting to the end of the show. At the very end of the show, uh, Maria comes out, and she's got some guys with her, and there's this epic um, face-off between, I guess, maybe three different stables or something. Mm-hmm. The, the, the announcers told me that it was Maria. Uh, they, they might have said the word, the kingdom, yep. but the guys that were with her... I still don't know who they are. Would you like to know? I believe one might have been Mike Bennett. Yes. But, again, just from watching, I would never have known. And the other guy? I I tried to do a Google search on members of the kingdom, and I learned that at one time Matt Hardy was a member of the kingdom. That wasn't him. I know that was not him. Though his name is Matt. I did. Oh, really? I went back and I looked very hard at that face. I said, is that Matt Hardy? Did he get plastic surgery? Was he in a bad car accident? What (laughs) happened to Matt Hardy? But I... Came to the conclusion that I might it was not calling him. His name is Matt Taven. Oh, hey, okay. T A V E N, like Raven with a T. Okay. Um, but I might call him Matt Hardy from now on. Would you like a little bit of backstory? Because I, I had to go in and try to figure this all out. So, I, I'm just, I, you if know, you don't what? care, that's not, fine. Not right now. I, okay. I, a history lesson at some point would be good, but yeah, I just wanted to kind of point out that in terms of the way they are presenting their product, 
they're making it difficult for somebody to just pick it up. Yes. Um, and that is a problem. Well, and so I we complain a lot about WWE and their their video packages that they run before every single matchup. We'll get to that. Oh god. And they, I do think they probably go the opposite direction where they spend too much time on that. Yes. But Ring of Honor, they could have at least said the guys' names. I think I think you make a valid point. I've spent a lot of time thinking about this because is my firm belief, and I'm pretty sure they've they've pretty much admitted to this. The Destination America deal fell into their laps. Really quite quickly. Mm-hmm. So they just took their current TV and just started putting it up there. But for a lot of people... Destination America? We're talking about Ring of Honor? Isn't that what... Yeah, they're on Destination America. I had no idea. I watch it on the website. I don't know what they're on. They're on Destination America, and that was in the last two or three months. That's when I started watching Ring of Honor. Okay. Once they went on to a cable channel so, that, wait that a minute. some amount of people Destination have. America has two competing wrestling products? Yes. TNA and Ring of Honor. TNA's... Days are numbered, aren't they? Yes. Okay. I would I would say so. And they're doing apparently a whole invasion with Global Force Wrestling. I don't watch TNA nearly. I don't watch it at all. Um, but apparently they're doing that. And okay. so, but yes, yeah, so they have it both on, both on that. Although I heard again on the dirt sheets that apparently Destination America and WWE were talking about possibly doing their main event NXT superstars. So what you're saying is we should rename this channel to Destination Wrestling. What I'm saying is WWE would kick Ring of Honor and TNA off of their network. Oh, God. And, t- and start putting their lower tier stuff Did you just call there. NXT their lower tier stuff? It's not as visible as Raw or SmackDown, which is on a major cable t- channel. Mm-hmm. Backpedaling, I see. Okay. I'm just saying. All right. Fair enough. That was DC best Matthews. Pro- best product was- in WWE right now, NXT, lower tier. DC Matthews said it first, folks. And I would stick by that. Mm. Right now, I don't think it's the best product going. Last okay. year, it was. Yeah. Okay. Actually, I if you're going to put me on the spot about it, you're right. You're right gonna, now, it's not. I am. You're right. No, so, you're right. But it, 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 it is... Now who's backpedaling? <laughs> It, it is it is on a on a month to month basis it can stand on equal footing sure and there can be stuff that I'll see that bull fit segment going back to NXT best thing of the week that bull fit segment is probably the best thing I've seen in a month or two yeah with you know but again that's that wrestling silly but there's a reason that New Day Bo Dallas those guys are among my favorites I think I just fall into the wrestling silly All right. camp um, so we were talking about. Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor. So and uh, yes, oh yes, and they didn't mention the names. If they had, that's where I was going. If they could have started from scratch, and I actually at one point I was going to write about this, trying to book like the first two months of shows. I think they would do more of that, but you you have. They're just assuming that if you're watching, you have some basic knowledge of Ring of Honor. Of Ring of Honor. I don't. I, and given that they just joined a new cable network two or three months ago by your account? Yes. I think that's a poor decision. I would agree. I think that you need to spend some some time building up your talent and telling us who these people are. Otherwise, how am I supposed to care? I mean, if I watch on a weekly basis and I trudge through it, eventually I'm going to form those bonds. Absolutely. But they should should enable that a little bit. That's where I'm at right now. They need to facilitate that. Now that I have paid for it and I could go back, you know, I'm tempted because this is just the slight OCD way my brain works I'm tempted to go back to their very first pay-per-view and just start watching it in order but yeah. I, I have to work at some point yeah fair that's, enough that's gonna get in my way alright All right, so, first match of this show yes War, War Machine, Machine versus the Young Bucks 
What do you think about War Machine right off the bat? War Machine looks to me like the Highlanders 2.0. I knew you were going to say that. I they've just, got the I, beers, they've got the bald, they got the kilty things they the, come out in. The, their look, I would agree with you. What about once they started wrestling? Do they, uh, do they appear, do they wrestle like Highlanders 2.0? Absolutely. A lot more, because uh, higher impact Highlanders, I think. So, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, they were impressive. I okay, liked them a lot. The War Machine was fantastic. War, I would like to see more of them. Warbeard Hansen, who's the one with the... Say that yeah. again? His name is Todd Warbeard Hansen. Warbeard. War, uh, beard. I just did a little. So, is Machine part of the other guy's name? I don't know. Warbeard. I actually don't know. I honestly think that should be the team name. Warbeard. Warbeard. Yes. So, Todd Warbeard Hansen is the guy with the longer hair. He's one of my favorites in all of Ring of Honor. Okay, they're good. And the other guy whose name is Roe, I think. Oh uh, yeah, Ray Rowe. Oh, right. Thank you. He you did. Mentioned... I, I had some notes, like I said, and he did this one move in the match. They called it the shotgun knees. It was basically a drop kick where he hits the guy with yes. his knees. That was fan freaking fantastic. Yes. Uh, it does look high impact and yes. you know hard as hell. I really both, like both of them have that. Both of them have that smash mouth. Yes, kind of like Vader with a little bit more agility, which is saying something because Vader was pretty agile in his own right. I mean, you want to talk about? This is gonna maybe sound. Uh, I mean this more positive than it sounds. You want to talk about 2.0s. These guys are the Ascension 2.0. Like, if you just took these guys, put them in that gimmick, put them on the WWE roster, they would... Be tag team champions And they'd be successful. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So So, they are the Ascension with the addition of talent. Are you saying the Ascension isn't talented? Because I really enjoyed some of their run in NXT. Yes, when they were booked as just they would come out and kill you in two minutes and then move on absolutely that's the baron corbin syndrome that's the well they're not baron very corbin's doing it poorly but. they're not very good wrestlers so i don't know i remember being okay with their i was i was a i was an ascension fan last year it is gone in completely yeah, it, the other direction it, it has due to the way that they have been treated on the roster you missed baron corbin's gonna have a match at takeover joe yes samoa joe yes uh yeah but you know what um, I guess that just means Samoa Joe with his part-time in NXT is just here to be a jobber like Rhino. And, you know, I mean, that's fine. I, 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 had, I had hoped, based off of the way he entered and immediately entering into some sort of feud with Kevin Owens, that he was going to be Have some sort of... Have they had a match yet? Have they wrestled each other? I want to say they did wrestle each other on one of the weekly episodes of NXT. But not but, at like a takeover. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I'm assuming that that has been abandoned. Weird. Um, and it looks like now that Joe is purely here as an enhancement talent. And mm-hmm. I feel poorly about that because I really like Samoa Joe, and I think he could be somebody. I'd like to see him on the main roster. Um, Joe was one of my favorites in the industry, actually. Yep. Um, but at the, on the other hand, I also, I actually like how they're using Rhino in NXT. They brought in this older guy who's got, you know, some cachet, not much, but he's really there to enhance these new guys yes to be in some early programs and have them get you know a big win over a veteran i like that use of rhino Mm -hmm. and i guess i can't say that i like it in one breath and then say i dislike it with samoa joe but i just feel like samoa joe has a lot more potential because he's not a known commodity in the wwe universe i would i would agree with you i don't know if this was maybe this is what he wanted apparently you know, he's got permission to finish up the independent dates he had already signed up for. 
I, my understanding, it wasn't just permission to finish up those dates. My understanding was his contract was open enough that he could continue taking dates. Well, and maybe that's the deal, is you can... And if that's the case, no surprise that he's only being used as a... Well, and, well that, maybe that's what it is. You can wrestle all the indie dates you want, but understand, we're not going to get behind you if with, you're going to yeah. do that. And he might be okay with that. He might be. He, I just think it's, as a fan, I would like to see more from him in WWE. All I'm going to say is if Baron Corbin, and we'll get back to Ring of Honor, if Baron Corbin beats Samoa Joe at TakeOver, there is going to be a Roman Reigns-style riot. Like, there are going to be there are going to be people who have very strong... So. Baron Corbin is terrible. And I think just about everybody... He's really so. tall. Tall and terrible. There you go. He's really tall. Ladies and gentlemen, from wherever he's from, Wait tall minute, I thought, and I, terrible. I thought I was supposed to be the controversial one on this show. What are you doing going out on a limb and just insulting this guy who's getting this major Everybody push? on Twitter will agree with me. Everybody on Twitter will agree with Not me. Not everybody. Well, that's true. At Doc Banton on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. All right. War Machine wrestled the Young Bucks. Yeah, and uh, honestly, this might say a lot about, given that this was my first episode of ROH, I have probably more notes written about the refs than I do about the talent in this match. Okay. Um, I'm a fan of that. But this match started, and it was basically just a free-for-all. Obviously, it was supposed to be a tag match. Yes. The ref just stood there and didn't try to get anybody out of the ring for so long that it should have been a DQ or a count-out or whatever, like, six times over. And immediately after that... They went to the outside of the ring, and they brawled there for a while. And again, the ref did nothing but stand there. It should have been a countdown at least six times over, and literally the ref did nothing. I don't know for sure what the rules are in Ring of Honor, because the um, commentator said a few things that sort of confused me at a time. Mm -hmm. I think at one point, uh, War Machine threw one of the young bucks over the top rope outside of the ring and somebody said that's a disqualification and Kevin Kelly maybe said oh we don't have that rule in Ring of Honor I don't know what they were talking about because they didn't explain themselves where is that a rule I don't know quick history lesson WCW in the early 90s that was a rule I know, it was, you, and even WWF you... back in the day there was, I saw an early match with Hulk Hogan where he threw somebody suplexed somebody out of a ring and he got disqualified this was on one of his you know big huge uh, career spanning DVD sets and I know that was a rule in some places at one yeah. time but where is it a rule now and why did you say it like that as the commentators if it's not a rule in your company because as a new person watching this product I was confused yes Ring of Honor also has I don't know if they mentioned it a 20 count when you're outside the ring, you actually have a count of 20 to get Okay, back so instead, instead of, of six 10. times over, it was three times <clears throat> over. Yes. But, I mean, even still, there should, I don't. the ref was not counting. He literally was standing there mm-hmm. the entire time. And I was just like, so what does the ref do in this match? And it was further compounded because later in this match, one of the young bucks, as we found out at the end of the match, was feigning an injury. But AJ Styles came out and, and, took, his spot. and took his spot in the match. And I was just like... The ref is going to allow that, and the and to their credit, the commentator said that they said, "Is the ref going to allow it? Is he going? It looks like he's going to allow it." And you know what? I like that. I was in on that. The ref has some sort of actual power, so you know what? That is fantastic. Power to him. I think they did a good job presenting that, and that was fine. And the the only other thing I can say though is this 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 injury spot allowing somebody to take over in the match for you if you have an injury. That just becomes sort of predictable for the heels to use, doesn't it? It was clever the first time I saw it on this show, but I can't imagine going back to the well on that one. 
it was that's the first time I've ever seen it. And again, I've only watched nine, ten episodes or so, but that's the first time I've ever seen that. And then again, if that's if that's going to be allowed, fine. Yeah. I, I agree. The ref having that kind of powers, neat. However, then you have the injured one, whichever Hardy Boy was the injured and one. And he came back into the match. Coming back into the match. So now who's legal? Can if I if I'm injured and I'm healed, can I come back in? Is this like the free bird rule? Is this like what the new day yeah. does now? Right. So I mean on the one hand good, on the other hand confusing. You're noticing a lot of trends on my experience with Ring of Honor. Thoughts. They're not doing a good job explaining their product. Welcome to my there are, world. There I'm are aspects of it I like a lot, mm-hmm. aspects I like less, <clears throat> but they need to do a better job of the presentation uh, to make more fans. Thoughts on the Young Bucks, Hardy Boys 2.0? They're not even trying to pretend they're not a Hardy Boy ripoff. They look like children. <laughs> they, they, to the, To the credit of their name... Uh, they are young. They look young. I don't know how old they are. They probably are maybe a little younger than I, although maybe they're not. I have no idea. I know they've been around in the independents for a long time. They're very talented. They're very athletic. Um, I have no idea what a promo from them sounds like. I can only imagine. Um, but, yeah, my impression was they looked very young, uh, but they were very talented. One of them is 30. Okay. The other one is 26. Okay, so a little younger. Okay, 26, yeah. I mean, 30 is a little younger, and 26 is, uh, I would say, substantially younger. 20%, so, you know. Uh, but, yeah, th- they were all right. Um, I guess that's a not too fine a point. But if I recall, didn't they get, like, tryouts in the WWE or something that never went anywhere? I, I can't remember if they had tryouts and it never went anywhere, or they got offered a tryout and they said no. I think that I think that might have happened. Is, is that they, sounds right. Is they said, you know what, we're all set. And between Japan and the Independence and Ring of Honor, they can make probably a very good living and have a very good career not wrestling for WWE if that's what they want to do. Fair so. enough. Fair enough. Um, so, I mean, that's really all I have on that match. The next match on the card was uh, Cedric Alexander, uh, accompanied by Vita Scott. Yes. Versus Romantic Touch. Yes. Romantic touch reminded me a little bit of Curry Man. Um, mm-hmm. That's it, the first time I've seen Romantic Touch on. Okay, I, I yeah. I mean, obviously, it, I don't know if he's a recurring character. I know nothing about them because again, I didn't get a lot of backstory. But it seems to me, first impressions, like this is a jobber who came out of nowhere because they're trying to build a program around Cedric Alexander and on commentary. Uh, Caprice Coleman, who I guess was maybe his former tag team guy. CNC Wrestling Factory. Right. So uh, I, I th- this was a weird match for me because it was really about those two guys and yeah. Romantic Touch was an afterthought. And if they're just starting a, f- a new program or something, I understand Ro- not including Caprice right away and yeah. that sort of thing. Well, this is this is the first thing. So, again, I can give you a history lesson, and my history lesson is going to be the last two months if you wanted it. Cedric Alexander was a good guy. I got that. Yeah, Yeah, I got that. And, uh, you know, Vita Scott, I enjoyed quite a bit. Um, She's got a nice look to her. She, in terms of a talker, I I mean, I don't want to be giving acting lessons. She seemed like she didn't know which camera was on her a lot of times, Mm -hmm. and that's fine. But the things that she was actually saying in her delivery of them was much better than uh, the majority of the talent in WWE. Um, she was a good talker. I liked what she was saying, and she said it convincingly. Um, so no problems with her as a valet. I thought that was okay. Fair enough. Um, and then doesn't Moose come out at the end of that? Yeah, match? and Moose. And then the thing I want to say about Moose is, is he the template for Bull? Because he came out, and the whole crowd just starts going, Moose, 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 Moose. And all I could think of was Bull's entrance. Bull, Bull, 
Bull. I, could, I couldn't tell you which one comes out came I mean, out first, but these great big mammals, um, these just these <laughs> wrecking balls of men. Um, I just I had this impression that maybe that there was some sort of templating going on there with an inspiration for one of these characters. I don't know, uh, but yeah, I mean, Moose looked like a big guy. He looked like he was pretty impressive, but again, I haven't mm-hmm. seen him in official reaction. So he's he's not bad. He's one of those in three or four years he's going to be very good. Okay, right now he's very green. Um, following up that was a backstage segment with Truth Martini and uh, what was that? Jay, uh, Lethal. Jay Lethal, I believe that was his name. Yeah, I, I, I always knew him as Black Machismo, but I guess Jay Lethal, whatever. Um, <laughs> the current Ring of Honor World and Television Champion. The one thing I wrote down about this specific promo was Truth Martini could probably not ever talk or be on TV again, and that would be okay. Yeah, I don't get Truth Martini yet. Um, I also I did a little bit of snooping, like I said on the website. Uh, is Truth Romantic Touch? Is he the guy under the mask? No, no. Okay, I thought somebody had said that. It was probably just a random forum thing, but uh, yeah, he uh, he could not talk, and that'd be okay. Yeah, he didn't add anything for no. me. I, but, I, but the same, like you know, what was uh, Rob Van Dam's guy with the whistle, Bill uh, Alfonso. I saw some similarity there, so I mean, I, mm-hmm. you know, I can't really complain too much, but. I, I, yeah, I mean, Jay Lethal, I kind of felt like maybe it would have been okay better on his own. But maybe that's the case. People like Jay Lethal too much, so you've got this guy giving him the negative rub, just like I, Bill Alfonso. I don't understand the House of Truth. Apparently, there's a history there that I'm not aware of yet, but... Okay. That probably is, you know, Jay Lethal's probably going to have a hard time being a heel, although he's done a great job of it so far, but... Um, I'm just going to move on, not to the next match, but a little thing about Jay Lethal. He gave a promo at the end of the show, I think was really actually an advertisement. It wasn't part of the show proper, but he was just out there kind of, you know, I I don't, what was, what was it for the the advertisement he did? You, You mentioned to me earlier off the air. He did some sort of talk about... Knee and back pain? Yeah, maybe. I don't remember what, exactly what it was, but he, it was an ad, and he was kind of... I don't know if this is what he does now, but he seems to have incorporated a lot of his mannerisms from the Black Machismo era into his heel. There's a little Jay bit Lethal. of that. A little bit. The way he's talking and things like that. And, um... I mean, it was one thing when he was full-on impression mode that was really enjoyable, mm-hmm. but seeing some of that incorporated here now... It made me like his performance less. Mm-hmm. I it came across across as more amateurish than I think maybe it should have. Just the fact that you're having your wrestlers advertise products like that. I mean, the WWE cr- did that all the time, right? Uh, they you show it all over the network now. What were those old ones they used to do? The guys, Ico Pro, Ico Pro. Yeah, I mean. And if they're in that same era where it makes sense for them, based off of promotional deals, they need that money to have their guys. If it makes sense for them financially, they got to do that. I understand it, but mm-hmm. it did not do anything for me winning me over with this guy. Uh, like I, he looked to me like if he were to move to WWE, and I, I apologize to the people out there. There's probably out there, a lot of people out there who think ROH is fantastic. And why do you have to say all these guys when they move the WWE? In my mind, the WWE is looking at these other guys as um, development territories almost. So I I see that the WWE probably wants to come and pluck these guys. I'm not, not saying necessarily these guys have the desire. Maybe these guys are very happy in Ring mm-hmm. of Honor, and maybe you as fans are very happy to have them there. I just keep saying when they move the WWE, because again, I think the WWE keeps their eye on these um, these companies in order to do exactly that. I wouldn't be surprised 
if there was some sort of deal in the Attitude Era, there was a deal that ECW, yeah. that wasn't known about between WWE and ECW. I wouldn't be surprised whether it's a handshake deal, whether it's something, or if it's just kind of a you do your thing, we're gonna do ours, but we're keeping an ev- eye on eventually, you. Eventually, Sami Zayn, Kevin Steen, or Kevin Owens. Cesaro, Seth Rollins. I mean, we've got shades of that right now with Samoa Joe. Yeah. So, I mean, certainly the potential is there. There's yeah. some sort of allowed working relationship there. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and again, I don't think that's necessarily the end of the world. Ring of Honor is not going to be a big promotion. They're always going to be, I won't call them minor leagues, but they're always going to be a smaller promotion. Well, like I said, I see them not necessarily minor leagues. I prefer the term developmental territory. Mm-hmm. And even though, again, that maybe isn't true, because they got guys like AJ Styles and Christopher yep. Daniels. These are guys that are polished. They've been around for a long-ass time. Mm-hmm. So I can't. I guess developmental territory isn't the right term either. Yeah. Well, you have, you, have, you have your camp of those guys, yeah. the Kazarians, the, all of that. And then you have your young guys, you know, guys like Moose, Adam Cole, who we'll talk about in the next segment because I think he wrestled. Yeah, we'll um, get there. But, but yeah, I, you know, I think you've got your young guys and your established guys, and WWE seems to have the ability, whether it's just through money or through a non-spoken relationship, to be able to bring Based these guys Based off up. of the performance I saw from Jay Lethal, he will be a mid-card talent at best, he would be lost as another member of New Day on the current WWE roster right now. Yes. He, the, what he showed me in that advertisement, admittedly, that's not him in full workout mode. That's mm-hmm. not him in the ring. That's not him giving a promo even. This is an ad. He could have been off his game, not feeling it, whatever. It's an awkward thing maybe yeah. to be selling a product. But what I saw from that performance there, I don't know why this guy is your heavyweight champion, why he's the face of your company. But again, I haven't seen him actually mm-hmm. in that role yet. In, Maybe in, I'll feel differently. In the ring, he's good. On the mic, and I, yes, with... I've seen him extensively in TNA. Yes. I know his in-ring yes. work is fantastic. And, and on the mic, when he's cutting a promo about wrestling, he's better. This was just, you know, it, it just seemed so incredibly... There was The artifice was reeking from every yeah. error. And area. the other part I'll also say is, while I know his in-ring work is incredible, that means nothing to the WWE. No, of course not. They don't care at all about your in-ring ability. Ask Charlotte, Sasha Banks, these these non-supermodels. Yep, exactly. All right. Uh, fi- moving on, last match. match. Tonight, uh, Adam Cole representing the Kingdom yep. versus Kyle O'Reilly of Red Dragon. Um, so these guys, they just looked like dudes. Um, that was my first impression of both of them. I was just like, okay... Adam Cole has maybe a little bit more of a wrestler look to him with the hair. Kyle O'Reilly just looked like any dude off the street. Neither one of them, I thought, had particularly impressive physiques. Mm-hmm. Um, so just first visual impressions, I was like, all right, who are these guys? Sure. They look like any jobbers who might appear without even an entrance. Can I tweet that? Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I said they just are... called Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly jobbers. <laughs> I said visual first visual appearance was that. Yes, but that's not clickbait. I'm gonna get clickbait. I know that is great that. clickbait. Um, but so once they actually started, there was a bunch of chain wrestling back and forth, and I liked that. That was fantastic. Mm-hmm. That quickly moved into a very long segment with the crowd chow- uh, chanting "Headlock City" at them, and that was boring as hell. 
Um, See, I liked that. I think that, that's Kyle O'Reilly's shtick a little bit. Is he's kind of the old school submission wrestler. So he puts the headlock on. You expect something else to happen, and then he puts the headlock on again. Yeah, it was it was a little too much for me as a that's first fine. timer trying to get a feel for these guys. That's fine. But maybe I'll come to appreciate Doc it. Doc Manson says Kyle O'Reilly stinks. The, no, 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 no. The chain <laughs> wrestling was good. There was a lot of back and forth. They're clearly talented in the ring. Yes. I just thought maybe the pace of that could have been mm-hmm. uh, a little bit better. But but again, you can't please everybody all the time. I realize that I could be the outlier here. Whatever. Was this the match where Christopher Daniels was on commentary? He was. And then that quickly ended up becoming a uh, a tag match between uh, Chris Daniels and Kazarian versus Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. The reuniting of future, oh. future shock. One thing, I, yeah. One thing I want to say about Adam Cole when he first came out, and you alluded to this last week on the podcast. I think the commentator maybe is Kevin Kelly. Is that his yep. name? Kevin Kelly and King Carino. Adam Cole, baby. When I hear baby, I think Heath Slater, baby. <laughs> and all I'm going to say in terms of first impressions, you want to introduce a guy to me with the same gimmick, not technically, but you know the same sort of verbal mark as is associated with Heath Slater, you're starting at a deficit, my friends. I understand that you don't necessarily have to be completely aware of what's going on in the other product and their gimmicks, and I'm not saying you have to respect them, but when something like that is associated with somebody who is so at the bottom of the card, I just don't think you're doing yourself any favors by Mm -hmm. keeping that association with one of your top guys. Um, Again, I'm not saying you need to be responsive to what's happening in WWE, but given that that is my foundation Mm -hmm. coming into this, it didn't help. This is an interesting thing, because again, neither of us are long-time Ring of Honor fans. If Adam Cole did that before he's Slater... And he probably did, right? I mean, he probably did. I don't know. Does that change anything? Or is it because he's Slater has so much more mainstream appeal? Since in your wrestling schema, he's the first one to do it. Right. Does, does Adam Cole need to change what he's doing just because somebody in World Wrestling Entertainment All I can say is if you're looking at the audience differentials... Again, you can't always be reactionary. You can't always be changing your product just because WWE did something. Uh, but, you know, for little things, like just a baby, you can probably afford to lose it. Well, Adam Cole, to me, is Ring of Honor's... That's the next guy. That's um, the from what ne- I saw of him, he has a future. Yes. He could be the next big thing. He, I mean, obviously... the. His physical stature, I don't think, is something that the traditional WWE look, you know, I don't think they would find that necessarily impressive. No. But they are moving away from that. They've got the Sami Zayn's, they've got the Finn Balor's, they've got all those guys. So maybe that's less of a thing than it used to be. But at the same time, you know, we're talking about Kevin Owen moving up to the rain roster, and evidently there's some problems with his look. Oh, we'll get to that. Oh, we'll get to that. But my point still stands that to some degree there is some sort of look that is still acceptable or not in the WWE. Eh, that could hold back Adam Cole if he ever decides he wants to go there. I, I would agree with you, although he, he does have the... He might not be as muscular... Right. You know, he might not be as big of a CrossFit fan as Seth Rollins is. But I look at Adam Cole and I see a very young and I know this this comparison probably is gonna get me some, you know, backlash. I see a very young Shawn Michaels. He's got he's got the look, he's got the you know, the attitude, he's good in the <laughs> ring. <laughs> Sorry, this is I'm not laughing about Adam Cole, but you're saying Shawn Michaels clicked in my head, Ring of Honor, Kevin Kelly, every single time the young Bucks hit a super kick. 
That's King Carino. Super Cut! Oh, that's King Carino? I wasn't yeah. sure which one was doing it. Yes, that's Steve King Carino. Dear God, was that irritating after a while. And then he does the... I don't remember what he says when anyone dives out of the ring, but he has something for that, too. Well, that was the one that I really picked up on, was the super yes. kick, and that was... Hoo boy! <laughs> I enjoyed a good uh, Joey Styles. Oh, my God! Like, I could understand... I, I enjoy that, but... Um, I just like watching... Where, how much that peaks when yes, I do something when on the so, recording. Yeah, sorry about that. That's, no, that's just fine. <laughs> if anybody was listening to this podcast as they're drifting off to sleep, I they apologize. Because you're awake now. They don't need eardrums. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, but moving back onto the match, once that moved into a tag match, mm-hmm. I just want to, again, point out, I don't want to just point fingers at the WWE and uh, Roman Reigns and his sexist remarks in terms of his brotherhood with Dean Ambrose. Uh, the crowd in Ring of Honor were chanting, man up, during this match. And I'll be quite frank, I found that very sexist. I don't understand why you have to use that kind of language uh, in a wrestling uh Area, I, I I don't understand the motivations there. Well, you haven't seen Jay Briscoe. That's his thing. It's oh. the man up thing. I'm just saying. I, I really think that that could use some reworking. I think that's person ins- up. I think that's insensitive. Person up. Yes. Person up. One hundred percent. Okay. We'll, um, we'll get that trending. Okay. And then moving on. This is the only other thing that's going to make me super unpopular. But watching the tag match of Adam Cole and, and Kyle O'Reilly, uh, Future Shock, yes, versus the Addiction. Uh, Kevin, not Kevin, Christopher Daniels and Frank Kazarian. If you watch those two teams side by side, they are both extremely talented athletically. Mm-hmm. Future Shock, great, keeping pace in that ring. They're doing a lot of really cool athletic moves. Like, they are talented. That's not the thing you're going to hate me about. This is what you're going to hate me about. When you look at these two teams side by side, it is clear who is the pro and who is the amateur. Yes. You look at the way that Christopher Daniels and Frank Kazarian move. This is a thing. I had a girlfriend one time who was a dancer and she always used to talk about personality of the dancers. And a lot of that is what I'm focusing on here. There's a way, there's a deliberateness to the way that Christopher Daniels and Frank Kazarian move. There's a deliberateness to to the way they start and end their motions, the way that they incorporate facial expressions, the way mm-hmm. there's a there's 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 a, there's a there's there's a there's a theaterness, yes. a theatricality oh, to the way that they do things that the other two guys do not display at all. And it makes them look when you see them directly side by side like they are green in comparison. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, and technically speaking... And technically speaking, they, they are. are. Absolutely. You know, Christopher Daniels is main eventing the first Ring of Honor pay-per-view in 2002. Yeah. You know, and, you know, you see him, he didn't, I don't think he walked to the ring in the, he's now the, what is it, the Almighty, and he comes to the ring like a general. Like, he's got seriously, like, the, you know, Napoleon coat. Absolutely. And the, you know, but there is, there is, you can tell that both of them have been on major, air quotes, I wrestling just, television before. And, and that's that's perfectly valid. It makes sense, right, that they would have this leg up given all the experience they have. But it does make your top guys look yep. poor in comparison. Yep. That's all. That's I mean that's again, unpopular opinion at Doc Manson on Twitter. Feel free to rail no, about I, me. I don't now, think but... any I don't think anyone's gonna argue with you. I think Adam Cole's got a little bit more than Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah. But, you know, but that's okay. You don't always need to be Chris Benoit. You know, not that 
a lot of people like talking about Chris Benoit. I'm happy to talk about him all the time. He didn't have the theatr- the theatrics. Yeah. He just came out and destroyed. Sure. Kyle O'Reilly comes out and whether it's through headlocks or some other means, he just comes out and wrestles. You need those guys. You need the mechanics. You do, but without personality, I don't think you can ever truly succeed. Be that top guy. You'll get lost in the shuffle. All the great iconic professional wrestlers, you know, the Stone Colts, the Rocks, the Hulk mm-hmm. Hogan's. I mean, sure. it's a different era, different ways of acting, but they all had very defined personality. What was Bret Hart's personality? Well, he, okay, he did not have much personality, which is maybe the reason why he's not as popular as some of those other guys are in a mainstream sense. Um, obviously, he's extremely popular with, Me. you know, wrestling <laughs> fans. Yes. And and he had a good look to him, and he was very colorful, and he had the thing with the kids and the sunglasses. Mm-hmm. But outside of just sort of generic good guy, friendly with the kids, he didn't have the crossover appeal. No, that Austin he did not. Rock or Cena does. He did not. Okay, that's fair. All right, so that match ends with like you were talking about the you've got um, Kyle O'Reilly's partner in Red Dragon, Bobby Fish, yep. comes out who looks like a vaude villain. Yep, sure does. Um, Chris Sabin came out to join the addiction. Yep. I don't know what their KRD, I think, is their stable name. I don't know what it means, but it's like PCB. All right. Just pick three And then the kingdom when Maria came out, and I had no idea who they were. Yep. And And, and uh, so there's some... I will say they said Chris Sabin's name. They said Bobby Fish's name. They said Maria's name. They never said Mike Bannett and... Matt Taven. Matt Taven. I had no idea who those two And so there is some dissension, because Adam Cole's part of the kingdom, but there's some dissension there. Adam Cole's... Probably. Are they that, like the Ascension, just a little different? The yeah. Dissension? Yes, the Dissension. That should be a There's team. Disen- that, that, <laughs> that'll be Warbeard. Warbeard and yeah, Roe. We'll right. call him the Dissension. Perfect. Um, all right, so your overall thoughts. Will you watch Ring of Honor? Today's episode is up. Will you watch today's episode of Ring of Honor? Uh, I think I will probably watch it as regularly as I watch NXT, which is to say I'll get to it. But Eventually. Exactly. I'll probably try to keep up on it, though. Okay. There was enough that I saw there that I would like to learn more about what's going on there. Sure. All right, we're over an hour in. We haven't even gotten to Raw yet. Do you want to... Let's just take a quick break. Quick break. And we'll come right back, and we'll get going with whatever the next topics are. All right, intermission coming your way. We're back from our intermission, and we'd like to bring you a new segment here on the Neighborhood Podcast. It's time for Bad Promo Theater. You know they say all men are created equal. But you look at me, and you look at Samoa Joe, and you can see that statement is not true. You see, normally, if you go one-on-one with another wrestler, you got a 50-50 chance of winning. But I'm a genetic freak. And I'm not normal. So you got a 25% at best to beat me. And then you add Kurt Angle to the mix. Your chances of winning drastically go down. You see, the three-way at sacrifice, you got a 33 and one-third chance of winning. But I, I got a 66 and two-thirds chance of winning. Because Kurt Angle knows he can't beat me. He ain't even gonna try. So Samoa Joe, 
You take your 33 and one third chance. You minus my 25% chance. And you got an 8 and one third chance of winning that sacrifice. But then, you take my 75% chance of winning. If it goes one on one, and then you add 66 and two thirds percent chance. Well, I got a 141 and two-thirds chance of winning at sacrifice. See, Joe? The numbers don't lie. And they spell disaster for you at sacrifice. That was Bad Promo Theater featuring one Big Papa Pump. Scott Steiner. All right, we're back on the Neighborhood Podcast. Thanks for not minding our quick intermission here. We're not used to marathon podcasts as we enter the 79-minute mark here. Um, Oh, my God. To quote Joey Styles. We were talking about Ring of Honor before we took our break and let Scott Steiner have the floor. And um, one thing that has been happening, if you've missed it, um, but... Over the last few months, the reason that Jay Lethal is the Ring of Honor world and television champion is there was a title unification match, champion versus champion, between world champion Jay Briscoe, he of the man up, and Jay Lethal, who was the television champion. Oddly enough, we're having a very similar story happening right now in World Wrestling Entertainment, where world champion Seth Rollins... No, no, no. There's no TV champion in WWE. This doesn't make any sense, what you're that, saying. That's true. It's it's very different because it's United States champion John Cena. Completely different. Versus world heavyweight champion Jay Lethal at SummerSlam. So that takes us into Monday Night Raw and our thoughts. Now... Did John Cena show up on Raw? I didn't see I him. I don't believe so. I don't think he did. Um, maybe he had a, you know, But you know, satellite. I mean, given that he's one of the top guys in the company, I'm not really surprised he didn't show up on Raw. I mean, I don't think Brock Lesnar was there, or The Undertaker, or any of those guys who, you know, really are got any of the top spots in the upcoming pay-per-view. Why, would, why Bra- would they be there? Why would Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker need to be there when you can just show that brawl over and over and over again. Agreed. I mean, why would you want to give us any sort of new storyline? No. I mean, all we know is that The Undertaker's mad about something that happened a year and a half ago. That seems like a perfectly strong basis for a feud at SummerSlam this year. Of course. Yeah, why would you have any movement on that? Are you bored with this? I'm bored with the Brock Lesnar and Taker storyline. That's my controversy. I w- Take that, neighborhood. I would like to see the match. I'm certainly hoping that they have a better match than they had at WrestleMania. I think that goes beyond the same. <laughs> right. Um, but beyond that, no. they. This. We, I think we had a segment about this feud on the podcast that we lost. And, like, to some degree, I'm, I'm excited about this feud. I was happy to see it happening. There's a lot of potential for it to be good. Well, there was potential for it to be good because nothing's happened. And, yeah, at this point, I'm pretty bored because they're not doing anything. No. They're not introducing any new nuance. But they had all of these superstars and Hall of Famers talking about The Undertaker and Brock Lesnar. Yeah, great. And we're going to talk about them right now. It really adds to the whole thing, doesn't it? Did you it? watch it? Uh, what? That promo where they got the big show and and I Steve I, Austin and all them talking about it. I think it. I probably was watching it, 
but I thought it was just a promo package, so I wasn't really paying attention. I saw the first minute or so of it. I saw Paul Heyman talking about wanting to stop talking about the mystique of The Undertaker and start talking about the mystique of Brock Lesnar, and then I fast-forwarded it. Yeah. It just, I, I'm excited for the match. I think it'll be good. I think. I hope so. But you're right. They're not doing anything new. They're basing it off of the brawl, which was good. The brawl was good, but it's over, and I don't need to see it anymore. Oh, you're going to see it a lot more. I know. And I said that about the four-hour SummerSlam spectacular. 45 minutes of that is just going to be showing the brawl a couple of times, showing that promo package from Raw, and the entrances. Yes. An entire hour is probably going to be devoted just to that match. Hopefully it's a good match to make up for all that. Investment. I'm, I'm hoping so as well, provided that The Undertaker doesn't get concussed in the first five minutes. And if he goes to it, Suplex City, he might. I think it has to be better. Yeah. So, yeah. so we talked about that. Um, Cena and Rollins are going to be getting together. I, You know, uh, Liam Stryker, who is not endorsing you, and you seem happy about that. Um, <laughs> I just think that's, it's got a nice ring to it. Unofficial, unendorsed, at Doc Manson on Twitter. I think that's great. Um it is telling that the storyline is similar. Not exactly the same, but it's similar that they're doing this title versus title thing two months after Briscoe and Lethal did their title versus title. Well, I mean, the one thing I will say is that's already played out. Clearly, they chose to have a single champion in Ring of Honor for both of those belts. Uh, I'm not sure that's going to happen at SummerSlam. I think there's a good chance that both of those men leave with their titles. How? I don't know. Um, is it a no DQ match? To the best of my knowledge, no. But then again, yeah, I, I, are they going to go that route where it's a title versus title match, but titles don't change hands on disqualifications? Is that? I mean, does it make any sense for Seth Rollins to be the U.S. champion? Because it doesn't make any sense for John Cena to be the world heavyweight sure champion. Sure it does. No, it doesn't. Sure it does. 16-time champion. Nope. Ties Ric Flair. Face nope. of the franchise. That forget is, Hulk Hogan. Yes, but that's... The immediate need is not there because the media has not run with the Hulk Hogan story. That is true. And so, given that, you know, I mean, I like to think I know the way Vince McMahon's mind works sometimes. (laughs) It's probably a mistake thinking I do. But don't you think that he would have that moment capturing the 16 on the biggest stage of them all? Do it at WrestleMania? You would think so. Because, I mean, look at, I mean. But then again, I don't know. Maybe that would be 17. Now he's I think beaten. you do both. Now he's be- oh god. I think you do both of those at WrestleMania. That means he's main eventing two WrestleManias. Yep. I mean, John Cena's not retiring tomorrow. I don't know if you know that. So he's going to be main eventing. I a can few dream. More- yeah. Well, he'll be main eventing a few more WrestleManias before his career is over. And I mean, you start looking at what maybe what they're building towards at this year's WrestleMania, and you've got. Um, the Rock maybe versus Brock is what people are saying. Or The Rock versus Triple H. Maybe The right. Rock and Ronda Rousey versus Triple H and Stephanie. And you got something like that going on. And then you have John Cena going up against whoever your world champion is. I mean, that makes sense to me, right? Cena versus Roman Reigns. Although I would have I Cena think be Rollins the champion is, there. I think Rollins is probably going into WrestleMania the champion. You think so? I, I, I would guess so. See, I'd, I'd... I'm guessing that he doesn't main event WrestleMania. I'm guessing that whatever Brock or The Rock is doing will end the show. Or Undertaker. Or, oh, here we are. Right, that's the other big thing. WrestleMania 32 in Texas. Texas. Is this The Undertaker's retirement match? So you potentially have the potential of The Undertaker's retirement match, because I think it will be his retirement match. You've got the potential of John Cena getting his 16th time World Heavyweight Championship. I mean, 
No. Those are two big things. My original thought that Cena was going to win, and I'm sticking with it just because I wrote a column about it and predicted it, was because of the Hulk Hogan controversy. Yeah. With every day that goes by that nothing else has come out. That diminishes. The it diminishes. Yeah. It diminishes. So right now, I do think, you know, if, and they talked about this on the podcast, and I think Magnum, at Magnum NAI, tweeted this. If time limit draws were still a thing. Yeah, sure. In World Wrestling Entertainment. That would be it. You'd have a 30-minute time limit draw. They'd each keep their titles. They could go that route with the DQ or the count-out or a no contest, you know, where they both start brawling into the, you know, they start brawling into the crowd and the match just kind of ends. And I mean, I talked to you before about, you know, internal consistency in my products and seeing a storyline through to the end. Sure. I really feel like this matchup, Rollins versus Cena with these titles on the line, is robbing me of the conclusion to the story they set up, which was John Cena's open challenge. <laughs> he put himself out there as, I'm the guy you got to beat to get this thing. You're going to get the rub of defeating John Cena and becoming the U.S. championship if a guy, a relative unknown, comes up and beats him and takes that title yeah. from him. And now the guy who could beat him is already the world champion. Correct. What more you're rub wasting, You're wasting all of the investment you built into that storyline. That's line. a very good point. And I hate when they do well, that. Well, and especially since we were going down the Rusev, and they talked about this on the podcast, Rusev, Cesaro, Owens, Cena. We were heading that way for a fatal four-way yeah. match for the title in which John Cena loses it maybe without even having to get pinned because it's a fatal four-way sure. match. But yeah, so I don't I don't know how it's going to end right now. I'm still going to say Cena just because I'm going to stick to my prediction. Hashtag yeah, I, I, I saw but, that. Very clever. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, it took me hours. Uh-huh. I was writing down all the possibilities. and but Yeah, no, I, th- I think that they uh, they don't change hands. I think they both leave us with It's entirely belts. possible. And if Brock and Taker are going to main event, which I think they're going to At SummerSlam? Yes. I don't know if they will. But... I, think, I think the the 10 to 11 o'clock hour is all Brock okay. and Taker. And if that happens, Cena and Rollins can have a screwy finish without it diminishing the pay-per-view. Because that's what stinks, is you watch this entire pay-per-view and then the main event match isn't definitive and you're left kind of going, what was that? What did I just... Fair enough. What did I just watch? There's potential. All right, so Cena and Rollins could go either way, I suppose. Um, also on Ron, we kind of alluded to this earlier. Uh, speaking of Kevin Owens, Owens and Cesaro were out. We good? We're good. Owens and Cesaro were out, and out comes Randall Orton. Oh, yeah, Randall. Out comes Randall Orton, and one of the first words out of his mouth was, Hey, Kevin Owens, have you gained weight? Yep. And my head kind of blew up there. Hey, you want to start talking about people bullying each other? Never mind at Doc Manson bullying Roman Reigns on Twitter. There you go. I mean, this this is... The thing that bothers me about it is, like, I could see using it for cheap heat... Randy Orton is ostensibly a face. I know he is sort of an anti-hero. He's out for himself. Yes. But that does nothing for his character. And again, you could justify it maybe for cheap heat, but that is not his character right now. No. He is not trying to get the audience to boo him. No. Which is odd because Owens and S- Owens is a heel who gets cheered. Right. He's a heel people love. Cesaro is a face. There's, there's no way he's even acting like it now. You know, and Orton is the face who everyone knows you're eventually going to turn heel again. It's just a matter of time. And again, if that had been part of it, if he had just gone the full heel route that whole time, 
it might have made some more sense. I mean, as a face, you could say he said something antagonistic to a heel, a major heel on the product. So, I mean, in that, that's the only degree to which that comment makes sense mm-hmm. to me. I think it's completely out of line. I don't think the guy's physicality should be entering into it at all. No. I know there's a bias in the WWE against the bigger guys, but you know what? You hired the guy. You gave him a huge push in XT. If you really had a problem with the health, mm-hmm. you wouldn't clear him to wrestle. You wouldn't have hired him. No. So, I don't, know who put the, I don't know who put that in Randy Orton's ear to say that, because I don't believe he came up with it himself. The, the rumor is, of course, it's Kevin Dunn. You know, this is a Triple H guy. Uh-huh. This is a Triple H guy. He got hired for NXT. Now he's made the transition. And Kevin Dunn, again, doesn't like the look. And I don't even know if this happens. You assume it's been reported so many times it has to be the case. But I don't know that Kevin Dunn says this about all of these people. This could be Vince McMahon saying it. This could be somebody you know, else. WWE it. does so much like benefit work, like their anti-bullying campaigns and yep. stuff. Like, And I understand that in a wrestling product, there's going to be heels. You're going to have people who act like bullies. Like, that goes with the territory. But in this case, Randy Orton cannot hide behind his character. It it does not serve his character. It was out of place, and it was crappy. And I'm not just saying this, because with a haircut and a sleeveless tank top, I could go as as Kevin Owens for Halloween. <laughs> he probably could, yes. I could I could pass for Kevin Owens. I could pass for a slightly out of shape Rusev. I could put a neon <laughs> head I could put a neon headband on and a ugly black singlet and I could be Bull Dempsey. I'm accepting that. Fair enough. I, I fit that body type. I'm okay with that. Yep. It didn't offend me as that kind of person. And it, it offended me more as not, a It did not offend me. But it had no place on the show. There was no reasonable point for saying it. It was just kind of like a, you know, oh, hey, while we're doing this storyline, let me kick you while you're, you know. Yeah, absolutely. There was no point to it at all. And that's what bothered me. It come across as petty politics spilling over from the backstage. And this is is Randy Orton, who 10 years ago got in trouble for going to the bathroom in a diva's gym bag. I mean, and, you know, I've heard now since then that that's not really what happened. He dumped suntan lotion. But, you know, either way, Regardless. he had anger management issues. This is a guy who ostensibly should be gone from the company because he's had three strikes against yes. him, but only uh, two of them were substance abuses. One of them was for anger management, so that didn't count. So that's why yeah. he's still with the company. Yes. But, I mean, this is a guy who is not a role model. I mean, maybe he's changed his ways. I don't want to say once action always defined it's all things considered it seems like he's been more responsible he hasn't been suspended for anything in a long ass time yes he seemed to have matured yeah as a person but that was the kind of thing if this was 10 years ago i would have expected randy orton to say that without prompting yeah just a i'm a dick yeah and i'm gonna say it this obviously somebody told him to say and it's like you know jbl is obviously the voice of vince mcmahon Mm -hmm. on commentary model He's he's making those comments. He hated on the Ascension. He hated on all these people. When they want to say something about the person, yeah, they do it through JBL's voice. That was a JBL comment through Randy Orton, and it bothered the heck out of me. All of the all of the good feelings I had towards Randy Orton, who had been passionate and involved and invested and in doing some of his best in ring work, completely out the window. Yep, nothing so, else to say about it really. No. But yeah, I, I was not pleased. No. Somebody who still has good, watch this segue, someone who still has lots of good feelings in the WWE is Mr. Daniel Bryan, who was a guest on Miz TV. He sure was. And did absolutely nothing. 
What do you mean? He did absolutely nothing. Everyone he is- threw the Miz back into the ring, into the feeding frenzy that was Ryback. I wish I could have videot- versus the Big Show. I wish I could videotape your head bobbing during that. Right there. <laughs> that was. I just want to point out. I said feeding frenzy because of Ryback's catchphrase of feed me more i was not taking a shot at the big show no don't accuse me of that that i'm not gonna tweet that that was the fans chanting please retire all right and i thought he handled that quite well (laughs) he did as a matter of fact yeah absolutely bring me someone who's gonna retire and that's you know he he addressed he gets a lot of hate big show i like the big show i've thought his in-ring work has gotten much better you know the second rope elbow drop the hoss of pain leg lock he's improving in the ring at an age and at a time where he could just mail it in every day cough mark henry cough Exactly. He could mail it in every day, and he's still trying to improve, and I give him all the credit in the world for that. Would I rather he retire to Florida and just become the NXT announcer? Yes. Sure. But, I mean, he doesn't always have the most interesting matches or programs at this stage. No. But he is, like it or not, he is physically imposing. Yes. And you need to, that is a classic storyline, little guy versus big guy, it's never going to go away. Yep. And there's plenty of opportunities to use him in not just that capacity, but also in others. But I'm just saying there is a shtick there that will never go out of style for oh, him. He'll, and he'll, anything he can add on top of that is great. He's going to feud with Neville. Yeah, they haven't 100%. Wrestled he's going to feud with Neville at some point. Mm-hmm. We're going to see Big Show versus Neville, and it's going to be... On Neville's meteoric rise to the mid-card. Yes. Yeah. On his way to being Intercontinental Champion. Correct. He will beat the Big Show. Absolutely. Um, so, we saw Daniel Bryan come out. People were expecting him to announce he was done. People were expecting him to come out and say, you know, he was coming back. I'm declaring myself for the Royal Rumble six months early. I'll be back and ready to go. No. I thought that was going to happen until I realized it was in Washington, his home state. And then I went, oh, he's just there to... Because he's there. He's just there to get the crowd reaction because Mm -hmm. he's in Washington. He was there to give the rub to Ryback. That sounds inappropriate. Well, yeah, probably. (laughs) Uh, but that's really why he was there. They're trying to get Ryback over with the fans yes. as a face. And that's all. The, that was yes. the entire point of that segment, was for the two of them to be in the ring together at the end with Daniel Bryan doing the yes chance. Trans- transferring with his Ry- popularity. As well as they yes. can. They did that before. Hoping when, osmosis takes They tried to do that when Daniel Bryan um, left with the injury this time. There was a segment on Raw when he was surrendering the title and he was in the ring with Ryback at one point. And they did the exact same yes. thing then. They're, ju- they're really just trying to move that goodwill with the fans over to Ryback. I didn't get the the Ryback rub. Oh, oh. I, it, it, it's the DB rub on to... The uh, DB rub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daniel Bryan. He's Is that one, a stable? Is yeah, that like PCB, could, the DB It could rub? be. It also might be a delicious steak when you're done with Ooh, it. I don't know. There we go. But that didn't get it for me. What actually got me slightly excited to see Ryback, whom we talked about last week, I'm not a big fan of. Just the fact that he had been gone for a while and he came back. You know, we hadn't seen him in a couple of weeks. You knew he was going to come out. Like, you could tell Big Show was gearing up for it. That didn't matter. When his music started and he walked out, I was excited just because you hadn't seen him in a while, and he got a, he got the chance to make a return, mm-hmm. which I thought was nice. Quick transition. On NAI Pod yesterday, they were talking about whether or not 
wrestlers or wrestling in general should have seasons. They were talking about Lucha Underground. Season one's over. They're going to take a couple of months off probably before they do season two. Your opinion. Do you think wrestling or wrestlers themselves should get built-in time off throughout the year? Absolutely. I mean, it's a dangerous business, and running on fumes, getting tired and beat up, and having persistent injuries are the sort of thing that can lead to disaster. So, absolutely. I'm not saying that Ron needs to go off the air for a couple months a year. You've got a big enough talent roster that you cycle guys in and out. You send a certain proportion of the roster home for three months, Mm -hmm. and you bring them back nice and clean and refreshed. Dolph Ziggler's been out for a while. He's not really injured. I think they just wanted to give him, you know, sick. He's not injured? Apparently, they were. it's a storyline neck injury, but I don't think he's actually hurt. Maybe he's got some lingering problems. Yeah. But I think it, it seems just... strange to keep him off TV as long as they have if there's not a legit reason there. Because that storyline has suffered for his absence. I would say that's true, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. You can correct me at DC Matthews NAI if you would like to. But... When, you know, he's gotten a couple of weeks off. And I think it makes sense when there's nothing for you. You know, there was nothing for Bray Wyatt, so he disappeared for a while. Right now, King Barrett is wrestling in a tag match for no other reason than, I guess, he's been feuding with Neville, supposedly. Why not have him disappear until November? He comes back at Survivor Series, maybe back with the Bad News gimmick. Maybe he's back at King Barrett. And all of a sudden... And don't get me wrong. I understand that you don't want to have a forced time off. You've got somebody who's white hot with the crowd. Yeah. You don't want him to cool down. He's got a, he's on a current title run or he's on a streak. Mm-hmm. Whatever. You keep that guy around as long as he's exactly. willing to go. As long as they are willing yes. to go. Um, that makes perfect sense. You, you build it in when it makes sense. You're not going to say, oh, Dolph Ziggler, you're not going to wrestle from March to June every single year. Right. It's just right now... Damian Sandow's doing nothing. Right. He disappears for four or five months. He comes back. You know, he could answer open, do an open challenge or something like that. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, for a lot of fans, I totally forgot about this guy. This is great. And now he might get a, you know, he might be able to contend for a mid-card title. I mean. Because you haven't seen him in a while. And you talk about built-in stories that just kind of happen. A guy who's disappeared for a while, who comes back open challenge answerer or something like that or a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble exactly there's built in stories just based off of a return yes so I mean by all means I'm all for it alright and you know they were talking about you wouldn't want to bring Raw off the air weekly no, episode not at all weekly episode but you got enough talent pool that I don't think that's even on the table no I don't think they need to no. do that you know and we're not talking about a brand extension though I think it could work if you had you know, two brands. It doesn't have to be Raw and SmackDown. No, I just you have guys hit... filtering in and out. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's fine. Exactly. All right. Um, speaking of King Barrett, Stardust and King Barrett are going to be wrestling Neville and the Green Arrow. I mean, okay, so it sort of makes sense that you don't want Green Arrow. What's the guy's name again? Stephen Amell. Stephen Amell. It makes sense you don't want to have him in a singles match. In a singles match. You yeah. want to have some protection there. But uh, I think the fact that they put king barrett in here for no justifiable reason says more about where his character is in the company oh yeah than anything else because there is no reason for him to be in this no match. except that he and neville have been wrestling since king of the ring yeah ish ish, ish. <laughs> right i mean that's not a strong there's not a strong reason there i don't i mean i don't think so no it's it's a throw-in exactly and that just king barrett is a throw-in i mean you couldn't say it any better than that he you needed a mid-card heel. He is a lower mid-card heel. Big, I, show's, big show's not going to work. Miz isn't going to work. They've I like Wade Barrett. On. So do I. I think he's very talented. I just... I, 
it's my opinion Wade Barrett needs use to him or let him go somewhere else. Sure. Wade Barrett goes to Lucha Underground. He goes to Global Force Wrestling. He goes to TNA. You'll never see him again. Yes, but those who do see him, the five or six people there, will watch him in the main event. If Wade Barrett goes to another company, he's a close to main event level <clears throat> talent. And maybe he's there for three or four years, and then you can bring him back if you want to. And if you don't want to, that's fine. He just goes and has a career. You know, he could go to Japan and be a top star. He's got the size for it. I would like to see him succeed here. Yes, I, but I, I don't think that's... I think WWE gets to a point where they say, you're not going to cut it. Yeah. Wade Barrett's not going to cut it. Curtis Axel, obviously, not going to cut it. Dolph Ziggler, injury-wise, not going to cut it. They're, I think that's the problem with Wade Barrett, too, also, by the way. The, the injuries? The, yes. Maybe. I think we are dangerously close to that being Rusev's case. Rusev, not going to cut it. I think he's salvageable, obviously. He's talented enough. But I think there are guys where when the powers that be, again, that seems to be what we're talking about all the show, when the powers that be say, you don't have it, that's the end. Yeah, I don't disagree. So, all right, let's quickly go through the SummerSlam card. We've talked about Brock versus Lesnar. We've talked about Cena versus versus Lesnar. Uh, it's actually what I wrote. Brock versus Lesnar. Brock versus The Undertaker. <laughs> yep. We talked about uh, John versus Cena. Uh, so, Cena versus Rollins. I'm assuming we're going to see Randy Orton versus Sheamus. That seems to be I guess. the case, I guess. Uh, Sheamus tried to cash in, apparently. I didn't watch that It was match. very awkward. I was so he's... irritated at Randy Orton, I didn't even watch it. It was very awkward because Sheamus said, cash it in. And the ref just held the briefcase, and they were both holding it like they were holding hands through the briefcase. And he said, cash it in, cash it in, cash it in. And it went on and on and on for a number of seconds until Randy Orton was back in the ring and able to deliver an RKO. So they were stalling. They were stalling like crazy. It made no sense. The ref should have been like, okay, ring the bell. Yeah. Like, at, what point, at what point do you cash in? Because, again, I missed most of the money in the bank era. Is the cash in when you hand the briefcase over or when the bell rings? When the bell rings. Okay. So you can hand, because I I don't know if we've ever seen this. I want to see a Money in the Bank briefcase winner who literally stalks the champion. Yeah, sure. Who anytime he comes out for a match, the Money in the Bank briefcase winner sitting at ringside with the briefcase and a referee. There's no reason not to do that. And just being like, you know, and you see. Waiting for your moment. And you see, getting close, you know, one point I stand You know up, who I would love to see doing that? Bray Wyatt. I was going to say Dean Ambrose. Either one. Yeah. would be fine. But yeah, he stands up. Then maybe you hand the briefcase to the referee. Then maybe the referee goes to ring the bell, but you grab the briefcase back at the last minute because the champ looks not ready enough to sure. be pinned. There's a good dynamic I there. I don't understand I like why that hasn't happened. All right, so we're going to probably see Orton versus Sheamus. We're probably going to see Cesaro versus Owens. I suppose we could see a fatal four-way with those four, but I'm guessing with a four-hour show... They'll be turn. solid matches, but... I'm excited they... for... I will watch Owens versus Cesaro any day of the week. Yeah. Uh, and it's, like I said, it's going to be a great match. But what's it doing for me storyline-wise? Neither one of those guys seems like they're going anywhere. Nothing. Which is unfortunate. I mean, Cesaro's getting... I don't know if it's an organic push or not, but the whole Cesario section signs... Uh, it seems to be fan-driven. It's not... WWE's not handing out those signs, okay. to the best of my knowledge. Maybe, you know, I would love to see that match be a number one contenders match. Sure. Winner gets to wrestle the champ at Night of Champions. I love the fact that Cesaro got some time on the microphone this week. Uh, Now that he's gotten over his four-rope promo. Do you remember that one? No. 
he did a promo in the ring and he talked about when I step in between these four ropes and then there's this awkward pause because everyone's like I only count three <laughs> so we were I was nervous that that was the end of the Cesaro push because he kind of botched his chance on the microphone um, yeah. but I would he did he got some mic time he's doing great you know you see him in a suit and that screams to me if if WWE and again the powers that be if they don't look at Cesaro in the suit with the sunglasses and say that looks like a champion I don't understand what's going just on just like they've got a body type problem they've got a problem with guys with accents yes I he's think too that's, Swiss yeah too Swiss uh, we've got Ryback versus Big Show versus Miz I have enjoyed what they're doing with those three Miz is owning it as only Miz can. Yeah, let's just talk about The Miz for half a second. This is a sure. guy who main evented WrestleManias. Yes, he did. And won. Uh-huh. What are you saying? I'm saying that of people who are done in this company, doesn't it seem like The Miz is No, because he's going to win the Intercontinental title. You know, he might. He is. He very well That's, might. I, you know, but maybe next week we'll do some predictions because we'll be closer to summertime. I'm not saying that he's... You know, John. Even John Cena is now working the mid card belt scene. I'm not saying you can't go from the top of the company to the middle of the company, but with John Cena, I have the impression that he's going back to the top. Yes. With the Miz, I don't have that impression. No. And I and and again, I wasn't watching. I don't know why the Miz main evented WrestleMania. There's no earthly reason why that guy should, unless he you know reality TV was really big. It was. I think that's really it. And I wrote all the dirt sheet stuff I've read says the only reason why he lost his push was because of his association with his wife. Uh, Maurice. Yeah, I don't know what that was about, who she made mad backstage, or if that's even true. He's not a main eventer, and that's fine. You don't need all but main eventers. he was a main eventer. And for I, a couple of years. I'm not going to... If I go back and watch, because eventually, with all this free time, I'm going to lose in two weeks eventually I'd like to watch all of the stuff I missed. So I'm going to watch The Miz made eventing, and I'll probably have a problem with it. What I'm saying is right now today, August whatever, 2015, he's owning what he's doing. He's the mid-card guy. He's I'm fine with that. Yeah. And he's been doing awesome. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Awful. No, not true. Listen, having this guy he's come out as here... good as Bo Dallas. And his character is that he's supposed to be this Hollywood superstar... And the fact that every time he talks about it, he talks about a DV, direct-to-DVD movie. Which is part of the fun. No. Which is part of the fun. He thinks he's a Hollywood star. I, I understand. And he's doing I understand that movies. is the actual character. It's not that he is a Hollywood star. It's that he thinks he's yes. one. God, it's irritating. That's what makes And I know it that's good. what he's... And it's supposed to be irritating. That's, I, that's, like, uh, that's yeah. like New Day. That's why New Day is so good. Because they think they're being positive and they think that people love them, but they don't. Yeah. Speaking of... I am not in love with either of those two characters. Oh God, New Day's so good. But again, maybe that just means they're doing their jobs with really, the really well. the skipping and the dancing and the, Hey, we want a New Day. Anyways, New Day versus the Primetime Players versus the Lucha Dragons versus Los Matadors. Let's get all of our minorities into one match. Yeah, I I don't see the need for this match to be as large as it is. You've got to kill four hours. Yeah, I guess so. We said we needed to fill four hours of time. We can't show the Brock Lesnar Undertaker brawl for four of those hours. I just don't understand why you can't focus on the Primetime Players versus New Day. I don't see why that's... I mean, maybe it's because then it would be an even more segregated match. Um, 
And that's just what they're trying to... I, I, I think it's just... That seems like a great These multi-team match. matches seem to be popular. They, they, they like the multi-team matches. What, did Teddy Long get back into... Maybe. Maybe, maybe. So, we've got that. We've got PVC Pipe versus Team Bad versus the Bella Brigade mm-hmm. in an elimination match, though it's not each diva gets eliminated. It's the... The team gets eliminated? The team gets eliminated. We talked about... Who's the first team out, your opinion? The Bellas. I think the Bellas are the first one out. I think it, it'll be a sign that a new a new day has dawned. There's a diva revolution going on if the Bellas are the first team out. Alicia Fox gets pinned, and then we have PVC... P, I don't even know what it actually PVC. is now. PCB. PCB? PCB. Paige, Charlotte, Becky. Got it. We have that team versus Team Bad for a while. I guess I it think, beats the SS, right? I think <laughs> I think the PCB wins. Okay. And again, we'll do predictions probably next week. Uh, Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns versus Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper. I'm excited for that one, especially since I think one of them is turning on the other. One brother, one sibling, to be politically correct, one sibling is going to turn on the other sibling. You think it's the time? I do. You think I, that feud uh, carries them through WrestleMania, or at least uh, I think it, I think it carries them through the end of the year, where then we can lead. You know, we're going to see think, Team Reigns versus Team Ambrose at Survivor Series. I think you could see a Ambrose Wyatt because I I'm still going with Ambrose and Wyatt form some sort of unholy alliance of crazy evil. Yeah, I like that idea, but it's not happening. I'm fine with that, but I'm going to. They do like Bray Wyatt way too much on his own to feed Ambrose to him like that I I think I you might be right you might entirely be right and people on Twitter get so so very upset with me <laughs> when I hashtag Dean Wyatt which is why I do it fair enough but I I think one of them turns and I think I do think Wrestlemania 32 if you're gonna get Rock versus Triple H or Rock versus Brock if you're gonna get Undertaker in a trip in a retirement match shield triple threat sure writes itself put the title on the line in that if you want to or not Reigns versus Rollins versus Ambrose. That's a solid match on a WrestleMania that's being dominated by legends, which I have a problem with yeah. in its own. I still say John Cena is winning his 16th world title at WrestleMania. We could so. we could certainly see the Shield Triple Threat doesn't need a title to be Correct. important. That's what, that's what I was sort of getting at. So you got but. John Cena versus Brock Lesnar. Or yep. John Cena versus whomever. Yeah, Cena versus John Lesnar John Cena versus the, the Undertaker in a retirement match. That will never happen, but I'm just saying. Yeah. All right. So, did we cover everything? We got Green Arrow and Red Arrow versus Stardust and King Dust. Um, I think that's it. That's probably, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine matches with promo packages. That's probably going to fill, you know, maybe we throw in a battle royal that Bo Dallas can win at the end. I don't know. Do you, let me ask you a question about the, uh, the Arrow thing again. Sure. Do you like how the WWE pulls in these celebrities? Like, I used... When I was younger, like, I liked how they would get that mainstream attention. Cindy Lauper and whatnot. WrestleMania is this different sort of... Yep. Mainstream talent to put a spotlight on the product. But at times now, I feel like they bring in these guys as though they say, Hey, look at us. Here's a real celebrity. We're legitimate, too. I think if Vince McMahon had his way, Monday Night Raw would be like The Tonight Show. Yeah. If you had something to plug, you would show up. Yeah. You know, the maybe not the cast of the Fantastic Four, which I saw, and I think you should come see it with me again. Um, uh, you would see it again? 
I would. And this may be our random rambling segment. If you ignore the fact that it's if you ignore the fact that it's supposed to be a Marvel movie, and if so if you ignore all of the actual story behind the Fantastic Four, and if you treat it just as a popcorny sci-fi movie, it's not bad. I went and saw it while I was in Maine. I would I would go see it again. I probably will go see it again at some point. So again, if you start thinking about it too hard, you're gonna have all sorts of problems. I have that problem. All the time. But if you suspend disbelief, your internal consistency thing, that's going to be a problem. Yeah. Which I want to watch it with you so that way on the way home, I'll turn the microphone on and you can just <laughs> rant about it yep. all the way home. Um, but I do. I think that Vince McMahon wants this to be where celebrities go. Another stop I on a I just feel like there tour. has been a slide in the quality of celebrity. Oh, yeah. Hugh Jackman was on once. And now we've got Stephen Amell, who is famous very if popular. you watch the show. Right. I mean, which I do. Arrow but... is very popular right now. I think that's actually a pretty good get for them uh, in comparison to, say, when they had... Kathy Lee and Hoda? Yeah, I mean, or Kathy, the guys from the USA these show. Are, these are some big names, but at some point, Kathy Lee and Hoda are not big names unless you're yeah, a stay-at-home mom. Like I said, I just feel like it, it reeks of desperation at times. I I will say you're right. I will say I appreciate what they're doing with this more than if he was just a guest host. Yeah, and I don't mean I I brought it up now because you know the tr- it makes sense talking about. Uh, Steve Amell? Stephen Amell. Amell. Uh, but, yeah, I actually, I liked what he did on Raw this week. I thought he hung with Triple H backstage pretty well, and knowing his background uh, originally in stunts, I think yep. he'll probably do a good job with what he Super does. Super athletic. He jumped over the yeah. ropes incredibly well. So I'm not, I did not mean to call him out specifically. It was just a convenient time to bring up that topic. Um, I think in terms, they could have done a lot worse, and I think they're handling this uh, pretty well. I agree. I agree, I agree. All right, so we've talked about SummerSlam. We were going to talk about Tough Enough. I'm happy to skip it if you are because neither of us We can do it another week. We'll do it another week. We'll talk about why Tough Enough is terrible. Um, Anything else you want to talk about before I go into this week in history? Anything from Raw? Final thoughts on... You haven't told us about Frankie Kazarian. Let's go back to Ring of Honor for a minute. Because <laughs> oh, yeah, you wrote something in this. We have a document that we share to talk about what we're going to mention on the podcast. And you have a note on Frankie Kazarian that I think you need to share with me. Well, last week you were talking about uh, you know lookalikes within the professional wrestling. Yes, Van Hammer and Ryback. Correct. And so as I was browsing through the Ring of Honor website trying to figure out who the hell some of these people were. Sure. Uh, I did happen to look up Chris Daniels and Frank Kazarian as well. I knew who they were. Yeah. But I looked them up, and there are some photos of Frank Kazarian on that site. I'm looking at one right now. With the way his hair is slicked back and the way he has this sort of cocky look, his eyebrows just kind of held just right. Uh, Yeah, at this particular stage of his career, Frank Kazarian looks a hell of a lot like Scott Hall. He does. I would agree with you. I think he does. I didn't see it until you showed me this picture. And I'm sharing this because I think Christopher Daniels looks very much like Victor from The Ascension. We can only have hoped that Christopher <laughs> Daniels had been Victor in The Ascension instead. But yes. But yes, Frankie Kazarian does look like Scott Hall. He's at a toothpick. At a toothpick and apparently wanting to do inappropriate things with Paige. 
based on Twitter. Lovely. Uh, so. The only thing I will say about Frankie Kazarian, having seen him at the end of that episode of ROH, it's apparently he shaved his head. Yes. So he looks a little less like Scott Hall. I suppose but. so. But he does. This yeah. picture specifically, it looks very much like Scott Hall. All right. We've covered NXT. We've covered Ring of Honor. You have the WWE Network. You've heard from Scott Steiner, who may or may not be appearing on every future episode of this show. So, let's very quickly get through our This Week in History. Sunday, August 16th, Cedric Alexander, he of Ring of Honor, turns 26. Uh, Women's wrestler cheerleader Melissa, who I think was also in Ring of Honor at one point, is 33. You missed the Attitude Era. Do you have any idea what Kayentai is? I do not. Kayentai was a Japanese stable. Okay. I believe. And one of the members was a Japanese wrestler named Dick Togo. He turns 46. Uh, Nature Boy Buddy Landell, who passed away a month or so ago, um, who just decided that this was in the era when if you had bleach blonde hair and wore a robe, you could call yourself the Nature Boy and try to trick people into coming to see Got you it. wrestle. He was born in 1961. Dirty Dick Murdoch, former tag team partner of Dusty Rhodes, was born in 1946. Uncle Elmer who had a match, I think, at WrestleMania 3? No, 2? One of them. Was born in 1937. And the father of the Texas Tornado, Fritz Von Erich, was born in 1929. The first wrestler you ever saw. I was thinking about that afterwards. Not only did I see the Texas Tornado and Jake the Snake, I think in between there, the second wrestler I met, Superfly. Jimmy Snuka. Jimmy Snuka. I met him at that mall as well. That was a popular place for wrestlers. At that time, it it was. Wow. August 17th, which would be Monday for those of you keeping track at home. Uh, the only birthday of note is Paige of the PVC, PCB. Very good. She will be 23, which boggles my mind. She's 23. I think Sasha Banks will be 23. Very young. Very talented. Very talented. August 18th, Percy Watson, who I had to look up, was a WWE wrestler at one point in time. He'll be 34. Dr. Tom Pritchard. Heavenly Bodies, Body Donnas, if you remember any of that. I do. He is 56. August 19th, announcer Lillian Garcia will be 42. Former WCW jobber, and I'm sure he had other careers that Magnum or Pit Dog can tell me about. Tim Horner is 56. The only thing I remember about him is he wrestled a match. Bobby Heenan commentated, and at the end he said, Go sit in your corner, little Tim Horner. Which I I enjoy. I love Bobby the Brain. I'm I'm in 1994 in my WCW quest, and Bobby Heenan is now there on announcing, and it just makes everything better. That sounds wonderful. Although Hulk Hogan's about to show up, which I'm less excited for. (laughs) Um, Apparently, this counts as a wrestling personality. Bill Clinton, who I remember, I think he was in the crowd at a Wrestlemania or something like that back when he was a governor I think Mm. Bill Clinton will be 69 Uh, Killer Kowalski former wrestler trainer Triple H trainer Saturn China he also trained uh, Damien Sandow he did you're right he died on August 19th 2008 Mm. August 20th Duke the Dumpster Drossy great who was the wrestling trash man absolutely 46 years old August 21st Red Arrow himself, Neville, will be 29. Um, former diva Eve, who oh yeah, I, I don't remember at all, but now she's married to, I think, one of the Gracie wrestler, or UFC Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu group. Okay. She'll be 31. And former wrestler Nathan Jones, who wrestled The Undertaker, I think, at a 
WrestleMania one time. I think it was Undertaker versus A Train and Nathan Jones. He was in Troy, or he, you know. I vaguely recall. He that. will again be 46. And on August 22nd, uh, you'll be seeing him. Actually, oh, is this true? August 22nd, which is the date of NXT TakeOver, debuting superstar Apollo Crews, the former UHA Nation, it's his birthday. He will be 28, so he will beat Solomon Crow because Solomon Crow is the new jobber. So he will beat Solomon Crow at TakeOver on his birthday. <laughs> Not like he was going to win. <laughs> no. I thought this was interesting. Um, Jay Uso mm-hmm. had a birthday, according to ProFightDB.com, on August 22nd. Jimmy Uso did not. Weird. I had to look it up. They both have birthdays on that day, but only one of them gets mentioned on huh. the website that I check. So Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso will both be 30. And Precious Paul Ellering, former member of the Road Warriors, manager of the Road Warriors, Legion of Doom, will be 62. And that takes us through this week in history. We are just past the two-hour mark. I'm sweaty, I'm exhausted, <laughs> and I need a nap. Uh, anything, any final thoughts there, Doc Manson, at Doc Manson, the unendorsed member of the Neighborhood Podcast. Any final thoughts before we head on out of here for the week? And you're welcome to say no. We've pretty much covered just about everything. I've got nothing, DC. You've got nothing? All right. So on behalf of Doc Manson... I am DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. I am the chief of staff of the New Age Insiders. Uh, please go to our website, newageinsiders.com. I'm going to try to encourage Doc Manson to log in and maybe he could start writing because before he became an excellent podcaster, he was an excellent writer in his own right. He could be talking about the science of wrestling. You could do more research on the 15 pounds to break the neck and all of that. Um, We're out of here for this week. We'll see you next week. I think we're going to keep doing this. People seem to enjoy there being a co-host and enjoying the fact that these conversations we used to have just sitting around now get broadcast to the neighborhood. Absolutely. Keep it up till I get disowned. uh, You keep creating controversy. I don't know. (laughs) Stop talking about Roman Reigns. Yes, sir. All right. We are out of here. Until then, we'll see you around the neighborhood.